This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. All right, hello everybody and welcome to Aetherite Radio, Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I'm Pugex. Joining me today is Rook. Aldi No and Zen are out at MAGFest. So if you see them, uh, if you see uh, somebody dressed as Karlak and somebody dressed as Will today, that's them. Go say hi. Uh, joining us today, uh, while they're out, we have Fornax and Dr. Griswold. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I totally didn't kill the other guests to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. So, uh, today we're going to talk about our hands-on time with 6.55, the last major patch of Endwalker. It's over. It's finally over. Uh, before that, though, we do have a little bit of news. I'm going to try and be so good, everybody. I told Rook yesterday, I messaged her, and I'm like, we need to set a timer. Because I am going to just go off. <laughs> what you want? You want 10 minutes? <sighs> what, do you, what do you think you're going to need <clears throat> think, for this think 10 minutes. If I can't okay. get everything across in 10 minutes, there's a bigger issue. Um, <laughs> so last, last, last time, we talked about this wonderful... Uh, Heidelin Zodiac figure um, that was overpriced. Uh, the digital offerings were somehow less than the statues that have come out before. Uh, the quality issues still look like they're standing uh, versus previous uh, statues. And then yesterday on Twitter, uh, conflicting support ticket answers again. Uh, we, if you've been around, you know that uh, back before FanFest, there was a support ticket that's like, no, you can't bring canes and wheelchairs to FanFest. And then another support ticket that said, yeah, you can. And so everyone's like, well, what the heck? So we had this yesterday. Uh, One support ticket came in from somebody and said that the codes from the overpriced statue were region locked, which means if you decided, hey, I'm not going to be taken advantage of as a customer and I'm going to import the statue and save like 70 bucks. That meant you couldn't use the code that it came with, which was wonderful. That was a great revelation for people. Until there was also another support email that said they weren't region locked. Oh, no. Square. <laughs> what do you, Square Softinius Enix, if that is your middle name. It is, it is now. What are you doing? Um, finally, uh, community rep uh, stepped in on Reddit and said that they are not region locked. So... Please, by all means, don't buy it from Square Enix. Buy it from somebody else and save money. Um, but they are still single character only. They right? are still, yeah. For some reason, all these other statue emotes have been account wide. They're like, oh, you want this? Here it is on all these other characters you make. This one, for whatever reason, it's not like, oh, the material cost went up. or It's a digital code. Why are they further restricting the digital code while also charging more for the statue? Square Enix, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? No. We talked about this a little bit last week when yes. obviously all this went live, but I'm curious. I mean, Fornax, do you ever, do you get these statues for the game? What do you think about, especially like having experience in other games and with their like merch shops, what are your feelings about things that are this expensive and or stuff like these codes or things that come with them? Does it matter to you at all? Is it on your radar? Is it something you try to pick up? It, it, it kind of bothers me. I always, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of in-game microtransactions but if someone wants to get a nice statue something real for their money something actually in the world I I support that 100% and I like it when they do it really well because it shows that they have respect for the fandom and when they take the piss and when they and when they they price gouge and when they make products 
that are not up to the standard that they should want to produce as a company. You know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it, it's, I think it's just, it's a, it's a lack of respect for the community that supports their game. Mm-hmm. And, and not necessarily, this is definitely not from the game dev point of view. This has nothing to do with the story. This is the corporate and this is the, yeah. the, the I mean, I was an accountant for years. So this is, this is a lot in that department, right? Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit shit. It's a bit shit and it reflects badly on a brilliant game that has fantastic support for its community. And yeah, it's a bit shit. Yeah. Grizz, yeah. how do you are you feeling kind of the same about it? Um, I would agree. It is a big letdown. Oh, I bought the Omega statue. So the the Omega statue with the the emo kind of mm-hmm. and I didn't tell anyone about it because there was <laughs> a level of shame attached to it cuz um I'm someone who really sees value in figurines and statuettes. So, like I know the amount of work that goes into them and how really beautiful they can be. And so when I opened my my figurine and you saw that the, the, the faces face. were just, yep. they were like ugh. It's oh. like, you know, the, that meme of someone hitting the enhance button? It was like someone had a downgrade button, just like slammed it a few times. <laughs> Every time you, you enhanced it, the eyes like shifted out of place a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I was like, I am never again buying a figurine from Square Enix. Um, and that, that was, and that's just it by showing the community that this is the kind of quality they're going to have going forward. They're going to lose a lot of people who want to buy it. People will still buy it, but there's going to be a bunch of people who feel jaded about it and will try and outsource their desire for Final Fantasy figurines elsewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's when the, the quality issue started was that Omega statue. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they put out the more reasonably priced uh, ancient figures. Those were, I believe, part of Wave 2 FanFest merch. Uh, the faces and the scaling weren't great on that either, which is which is really weird because when they started doing these figures, it was the, I believe, the Heavensward Collector's Edition. It came with like a little Midgard Swarmer. And Yoshida came out and was like, yeah, it's really cool because we can like take the in-game model and like render it in 3D and like make a figure of it. So then why are the proportions on some of these so off? Stuff. Like, Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, you know, on top of that, so I last week why we, we, we talked about it, I went on a rant about it, and then I was like, I also bought it because <laughs> I'm me. Like I have I have this whole damn case behind me. I have all the other ones. Why wouldn't I buy this one? Um, then my order got canceled. Four days afterwards. So I, I pre-ordered this the day they became available. Four days later, I got a cancellation email. And uh, I wasn't the only one. I emailed Square Support, and two days later, they're like, yeah, your order didn't go through. But if my order didn't go through, how did you cancel my order? My order was sitting in my account for four days. What do you mean it didn't go through? It was right there. I don't understand. And they're like, well, you know, uh, you can go ahead and reorder it. No, I can't, because it's sold out. I looked at the the site the other day to, to see... It's like, oh, add to cart, whatever. I'm like, cool, great. Add to cart, go to checkout. You cannot check out with the quantity of the item because their site's broken. Their site is garbage. You go, I had an order back from like before 16 came out. I ordered a Moogle and a Torgal plush. I got an email last week. Part of your order has shipped. Sweet. Let's go into the order, check the details. It doesn't tell me which of the two items shipped. And then on the side, it says shipping link. And it gives me a number. 
but none of it's actually a link. So then I have to go into like the you know post office, postal service, UPS. I'm like, what is this tracking number for? Because their site doesn't even tell you. Like, how how are you this bad? Square Enix, like, oh my oh, god, it's rough. And Fusion, you're not the only person that I've seen that's had that issue. I've seen a lot of people posting screenshots where, in the last few days, they have suddenly gotten the notification that their order for those has been canceled. Yeah. And like, on one hand, like we were talking about, I guess it gives people the opportunity to get it for noticeably cheaper through outsourced websites. Yeah, it's, but you don't want to be in that position, you know? It's it's, it's yeah been such a blow to over the years right see them put out merch i don't I, have we even had an official announcement of the new ost on na lodestone i don't think we have it's up on the jp store it has been for like a week uh i don't know what's going on there they're probably trying to figure out if they want to screw us over with the cardboard sleeve bonus again because oh. that's been a thing in the past like the fact that i can order square enix merchandise cheaper by importing it directly and get the bonuses that they otherwise wouldn't offer us is bullshit i'm gonna say it it's bullshit i'm sick of it i'm so tired of this square get better um yeah that's my rant that's my rant about the statue it's my rant about merch i'm proud <laughs> no, i suggest yeah. sideshow just go to sideshow they'd make beautiful quality stuff mm-hmm. it, it, i mean you're gonna have to like maybe sell a kidney but it's worth it <laughs> I get all my Star Wars stuff from there. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I had the option of paying my student loans or buying figurines. (laughs) And I I bought two really beautiful ones. (laughs) Just two gorgeous figurines. You you gotta do what makes you happy. No, I mean, I think it's good points all around. And um, I mean, Grizz in particular, since like, and we'll talk about this too at the end, but uh, Grizz being an artist in the 14 community, I think it does say a lot when like, we see and hear a lot of discussion about the quality of the statues, but like for somebody in your field to receive one and then be like, what is happening here? (laughs) It was awful. It was awful. I was like, I spent so much money on this. And now I could say it was just like a $300 emote because right? I see, see <laughs> that black box right there. That's the Omega statue. Oh, I don't no. keep it out. <laughs> I was so lucky. I got mine and like the faces don't look amazing, but they don't look like, I don't know, like abstract modern art. <laughs> like, they, they're they're they not a Picasso. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> Um, a part of it broke off immediately, which I was oh. really sad about. So I did have to yeah. glue that. But at least the emote was account wide. With this one, you mm-hmm. can't even say that, and it's a hundred plus dollars more um, that with shipping. Is so, so strange. I know. It's so know. strange. Yeah, I mean, but, my my problem is talking about things in boxes. Those ancient statues I talked about. They're all just sitting over here because I don't have <laughs> any more room. That's a this. you problem, though. You got to get a bigger yeah. place and get more display shelves. Yeah. No, no, but... I, I fully admit it's it's me and I have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that does actually bring us right about to time with 20 seconds to spare. We did it. We did not go over that. 10 minutes Nailed ranting it. about the statue. Beautiful. Um, all right. But yeah, just a little heads up for anybody. If your orders get canceled on that, there are other places you can pick it up if you really want. And it's probably going to be cheaper, unfortunately. I yeah. hope Square Enix mm-hmm. does look at the store because just like Fornax was saying at this point, it does not feel good and it does not feel like they're putting the customers first in a lot of regards. <laughs> yeah, with it. Uh, I actually I actually did look at importing it. I priced it out. Um, variances with, with shipping aside, like it would be just about the price of the base product that NA is charging to import it. What? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, but anyway, so patch 6.55 dropped this week. 
Uh, with it, we got our, uh, the last little bit of MSQ here before Dawn Trail. We also got the conclusion to Hildebrand, um, the conclusion to the Tataru quests, and the magnificent conclusion to Island Sanctuary. We'll talk about that one last because it's really good. Um, so let's jump into the big one first, MSQ. This is going to be spoilers. Uh, so if you have not done them yet, uh, there's there's your warning. Obviously, there's there's not a lot in here. Like there's, there's some little bits and pieces, but it's not going to be like, Oh my gosh, this huge thing. It's like, we knew what was coming. Like it's, you know, I don't think there's enough substance here to really be considered like crazy spoiler territory. Um, but let's go ahead and get into it. So, uh, well, Clamont shows up in Charlie and looking for us. Um, I'm not, look, I'm not. Yeah, how, no, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you feel, Rook? I love that? her. I would die for her. I will kill everyone for her. I love her so much. We have been so blessed in the point, the point X series to get both Zero and Wuklamot. I am thriving. My crops, they're watered. My face, it's all clear. No blemishes. I'm so happy. She's so good. And she's voiced by an amazing voice actress who is trans and Puerto Rican. And I... I can't say enough good things about her. I could just watch her emoting for five years and I'd be like, Don Trail was the best expansion I ever played. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I'm so sorry. Please continue. Don't apologize. That, that's you live. it. Live your life. I, f I feel like I feel like we could set a 10 minute timer for you to talk about. <laughs> oh, I'm going to if I go into it, I'm going to need more than 10 minutes. So, well, you know, we'll do. <laughs> you remember one, your safe word. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to talk about the design for Ooglamat. Please. Okay. Yeah, just saying. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say other than, mm, that is some good design. And the the presence of a hat on Ooglamat. It just, it foretells of a bright future that is ahead of us. And, ahead um, of us? <laughs> well done. Well I done. A lot of people, because like you remember from the Dawn trailer, the Dawn trailer, you see what I did? Ah! Uh, oh. She had her hair free and out. So we know she has longer hair. Mm -hmm. The feathers are a part of her hair. I think they deliberately put a hat on her to show us that they plan to implement more hats for Hrothgar going forward, preferably pre female Hrothgar showing up. So I have high hopes in that regard. Mm -hmm. See, I, yeah. I I don't disagree. I think that's one way you could say it. Because, I mean, let's be honest. The screenshot came out and everyone's like, hat? Uh, but, like, also, Square Enix just had three fan fests and they didn't mention that once on stage. That's true. That so. is true. They, they, mm -hmm. Well, they did. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We have to see, right? Right now we're in this weird holding pattern because the interview that we referenced that came out Oh, right before JP FanFest, right? There was a question about the hats for Hrothgar and Viera. And there was an answer, which was that once we are through the graphics update, we have plans for a longer term fix for the Hrothgar and Viera hats. Which to me would indicate that they have theoretically figured something out that will mm -hmm. make all hair and hats work for them as opposed to them being like, we are going to put five more in game for them. Like, I, I feel like the verbiage, the wordage would have been different there. Yeah. Um, but it is just like, it's about time. And I have this feeling that Femroth, 
I don't know for sure, but given their smaller head scale and like reduced muzzle size, um, for one, I will say that I agree with you, Grizz, like, oh my gosh, her design is so good. And I do think the Femme Hrothgar look even better in game than I thought they would. And I'm mm. like very excited about that, um, even with the house cat stuff. But I can't help but feel like they scaled the heads back a bit because maybe Femme Hroth will be able to just wear hats. Right. That's yeah. I don't know. And there were no ear holes, so it's just an all-encompassing kind of like helmet type deal thing they have going. I don't know if that'll be a trend, but it might not be. And I prefer to have my glass half full in that regard. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. As a, as a VR main, I mean, I have foot-long ears, so I would be interested to see how they're going to deal with all that. I mean, just bifurcation would be. I'm, I'm happy. Take, take the ears. Give me a hat. Okay, mm. I'm, I'm, I'll sacrifice them for the, for mm. the look. You know. Yeah. Yeah, like little accordion, just like. Mm, it's just fold them up, just yeah. like yep, just get them in like, the like rollers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so what combat shows up, um, and then there's a, a incident over in uh, the uh, the last dungeon that we not not at dungeon before the last dungeon um you you go on a hunt and we get to see a little bit about how uh how excited about hunting what <laughs> is obviously with the trailer uh we saw that that's a pretty big part of the the culture over in Tural. we see Justinian going out with the mumble jaw and bringing back you know the monster hunter wannabe uh thing you know as they like cook up the giant things of steak from it um so we go out there and we kind of learn a little bit about her as a character, um, there were some interesting drops I think that we got from the the couple of quests that that we got. Um, obviously, she is an adoptive adopted daughter, like we uh, clearly, um, but she also has other siblings that are adopted as well, which is interesting. I'll be curious to see um, the the dynamics of that once we get into the expansion. Um, we know one of them uh, named Quana. Um, was actually a student in Charlayan, um, but nobody nobody knew he was royalty. He came in and he's like, I would like to study here, but please just call me Bob or something. Like, nobody <laughs> had any idea. Um, and then we hear that um, another one of the children of the, the royal family here um, is kind of gung-ho on war with Garlemald of all places. Um, seeing the weakness from, you know, after post-Endwalker and the Civil War and kind of what happened there. So what Clamont's deal is she wants to enter the contest to get the throne. So purely so the other guy doesn't get it. Um, and that's going to be, I think, what, um, you know, we, we know the signs will be divided in the, uh, the, the MSQ for Dawn Trail. And I think that's it's going to be just kind of picking and choosing between Wook Lamont and uh, and Kwana probably. Um but uh, yeah, we go we go into uh, the Isle of Ham. Uh, we track down some enemies. I was when this started, I was I groaned, I audibly groaned because one of my least favorite things with Six Point X was when they had us go back and forth in the dungeons that we just ran, like several times, right, to do more story stuff after the dungeon. And we're like, let's go back into this dungeon. I was like, oh my god, I've already been into this dungeon. It's like still in roulettes. Like I know this dungeon. I don't need to see any more of this dungeon. But to their credit, there was a little chunk of of dungeon that we didn't go through um, that they kind of have off to the side. So at least it was a little different, which I I, I appreciated. 
Um, it's interesting because I very much feel like the opposite on that in that I like seeing them make better use of the assets that they put in. Like if they're not going to oftentimes give us a full on map in our patch cycles, right? Then like having something that allows them to make use of other set pieces or in the case of stuff like the void, right? Like we didn't get with the 6.5 culmination, like, you know, like all, that whole series up through 6.5. Um, we didn't get like a new map fully that was the void, but we got these little zones and things, which was more than they had done in the past. And then because they had made assets for like, sure, this dungeon is in the void, that gave us a sense of being able to go to some place that wasn't like fully realized through an expansion. Um, now, how effective that is, I think is definitely something that like there was a lot of takeaway from because mm. some of the zones I thought were like very fascinating. Um, some of the ways that they use the dungeon, maybe a little bit less engaging where like really like you were saying, Fusion, it was like you're just running back and forth and there's like not really any super worthwhile dialogue yeah. along the way. And, and I think it, like it got compounded too because like, that, that started with the near raids and Shadowbringers, the idea of going back into an area and exploring and stuff. And that was cool at the time, but then they brought it in with these couple of dungeons and it was a lot more back and forth, like through like the whole thing, but it also didn't really evolve on that formula at all. So it's like, okay, we're doing this again, but also it just, it takes longer and it just, it didn't, wasn't exciting for me. So going back into it, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and especially when you consider, you know, stuff like the relics and the tome grind and how the whole content cycle has just been just do roulettes. And, you know, since Heaven's Word or Stormblood, we've gotten less dungeons per patch. So the idea of, like, going back into, like, the one piece of content that everybody is so exhausted of, I'm just like, all right, I would have preferred, like, one dungeon to, like, let us, you know, give us one new piece of content that we can repeat for, you know, six months leading up to the expansion. Um, but it's it's whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. It's done. Um, so. I did like that they expanded the boundaries of the dungeon, though. Like you pointed yeah. out, that was new. They've never done that before. Mm. Um, so to like actually expand that, I think, did give a greater sense of like how those dungeons are a place and not just a thing that we run that has all those invisible walls that's like its own completely removed little bit. Like especially when yeah. you think about like the fact that the whole main city of Alamigo <gasps> is only accessible in a dungeon. It's, you know, it's, like it's so, so funny real. because they, they've done this stuff with, with dungeons, right, in, in this patch series. I literally kill Grizz. But, <laughs> they, falls over. but, but the, the dungeons were, the, were that issue was like the most glaring part of the dungeon. They didn't go back and do anything with those. Yeah. Uh, the first well, one that comes to mind was Zelfatol, this entire region. And it's like, it's a dungeon. And then Alamigo, and it's why haven't they gone back and done yeah. anything with them? I know. Well, I think that's partially why they started experimenting with something like this. Um, again, like if they're not going to dedicate whole regions or zones, like how can you expand and still make use of assets you already have? And and like I'm not opposed to that, but I definitely agree that like I think there are more engaging things that can be done in them. And this I yeah. thought was more fun as far as the actual little like revisit dungeon instance kind of thing goes, because at least like we got some really great dialogue with them. We got you know like a bit more of unfolding. We had some NPCs that like we actually could talk to that I think had more engaging stuff. You're yeah. on this hunt. You're kind of following along, and the fight in it was also like 
Um, I think, you know, not like difficult, but it was like a fun reveal and there was like a good buildup and it was an enjoyable fight. And some of the little moments in the fight, like um, Wukla Mott using the like, like warrior chaining and like pulling everybody out. And then that like cool. you return the favor and break her out. Um, I, like I loved that kind of back and forth um, throughout the instance. So I thought that it was... It was effective overall. I don't know, Grizz. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts about how they've been using these kinds of things? On the re- well, okay. Well, you saw my reaction to mentioning Alamigo, and something that's because I've played the game for you know since Heaven's Ward, and I've always loved the concept just beyond Final Fantasy of open world RPG, which means a lot of explorability. Um, not necessarily a whole lot of NPCs to interact with, but the world-building aspect in these regions. And so when they kind of forced Alamigo down to, like, a corner of a larger map, like, it was, like, a decently sideways little thing. Like, I hadn't had an Alamigo character, but, like, I felt it. Like, physically. I was like, why would you do that? Like, why would you... Like, what did they do to you to start my voice cracked? And now people people still talk about it because it was such a... They did it dirty. They did Alamigo dirty. <laughs> Considering it was the half of an, a whole expansion... Um, I would argue the same for Ilsa Bard. We've talked about it a bunch. Ilsa Bard is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes up, what, like a third of the map? And we have a capital. <laughs> really pathetic, I, sad little like, capital and, like, a smaller zone for, the like, the weapon series. Yeah, it's yep. it's so strange. And I, you know, and I, and I said this, you know, we, we've talked about Stormblood before, the idea of, okay... Yoshida came into an existing story, an existing world. Obviously, Heaven's Word had to be Ishgard. Obviously, Stormblood had to be Alamigo, but he's also like, I want to do something that's not something that was already, you know, made and and expected. So then that's why we had the split in Stormblood. But then he kind of just shoves Alamigo over there, and we we've all talked about giving Lise the uh the the main character vibes for Alamigo instead of, you know, somebody like Rauban. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have Ilsebard and, and Garlemald because, you know, Hey, this has been around here forever. We're surely we're going to go check it out. No, it's just like, there's like the big tower and everything's in ruins. Oh, but we'll get some, we'll see about the civil war. Yeah. Maybe a couple cutscenes or something in a flashback. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So it's like, it's, it's so weird, you know, building on, especially coming in from the perspective of, of Yoshida and a, and, a, and a new team from, from 1.0 and ARR where yes, you have things that are established, but also they want to do their own thing. So I think there was a lot yeah. of clashing with that. And I, I think mean, there was a lot of willingness to like, not want to go to some of those places. We still have the clouds on the map. The end of just, this MSQ, yeah. Graha's like, check this out. I got us a new map. And I'm like, <laughs> and then the clouds are still over. It was hard. And I'm looking at this, and the only thing I can think is, motherfucker, we marched through that in Endwalker. Why are the clouds still there? Like, oh my god! Oh my god! And that's that's another point is because of the artistic direction and the desire to fit in more things, the ambition in the process, you've devalued some really strong concepts you could have gone more in depth into. Um, just, I understand wanting to introduce new things 
and try new things, but you could probably do so through the lens of the narrative of a single country. Like, you don't have to do uh, the Steppe, Alamigo, and, like, Doma. You know what I mean? Like, any one of those could have had their own expansion. And I feel like Heavensward got a pretty decent treatment in that regard. There was Heavens, like, there was Ishgard, and then there was the extended outward lands around it. But, like, the main narrative stayed with Ishgard. Um, so, I'm just... Because I understand that people were glad to be done with, like, Garlemald and, and their kind of effect on the wider world. But I do think, um, even Rook brought to my attention a timeline that was entirely written that it was my first time seeing it. So much had happened in Ilsebard beyond the main scenario quest that we just didn't know about. Mm -hmm. There's like yeah. a whole, so this is what Grizz is referring to is I found this Garlean role player document where they've compiled all of this real in-game lore from various cutscenes mentions, the Boja stuff, all the lore books, everything else. And yeah, there's this entire timeline there about the Civil War. And like some of it I knew and some I knew like certain figures and stuff. But like even as I was reading through it and then I shared it with Grizz because we were writing together and we role play together. Thanks everybody. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Just um, <laughs> and we were both sitting there like what? Who did what? That happened? This was a whole thing. And it was like maybe in a half a cut scene you got some kind of mention about it at one point but there was this whole thing that happened there that was like massive and featured all these figures that they still sometimes mention here or there and then you're like who is that <laughs> what do you mean like it's so weird um but i mean it's interesting because thinking about tying this with back into like 6.55 right oh yeah right the patch um, yeah no i mean <laughs> We know from the information that we've gotten from Dawn Trail that theoretically we have another split narrative on the horizon and that this one is going to be split between, you know, northern and southern uh, New World. The two continents there are kind of analogies for North and South America if you're looking at the similarities with the maps and the regions that they tend to do. Um, and though they have said that I, I think I get the impression that they have more confidence that it will be a more overarching narrative. Um, I mean, there there is a lot to be said about like what you were stating, Grizz, right? The idea that oftentimes I think you could just straight up focus. You could focus on a place, a story, and that can be really rewarding. It doesn't always have to be you think this, but actually the real story or like you think, you know, yeah. so on and so forth. And the impression that I get from like these instances and things are that this battle for the throne likely will be our first arc of the narrative. And then whatever is beyond that be that the city of gold or something that we just don't have in our scope at all is going to be the second half of this narrative um but i don't know fornix do you have any thoughts about like with 6.55 having played it having kind of gotten into it do you feel like this is going to be something that's going to be disjointed and maybe some of the ways that you know we've brought up or do you think that they've got like a strong premise here from what we just have gotten so far so i i love the reason that I play Final Fantasy is because they do some of the best storytelling in the MMO space, in the RPG space, right? And they they good. I feel like I'm a better person for having played Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Genuinely, it has made me. It it, it does what the best sci-fi 
does in, in for society. Star Trek kind of changed the paradigm. They had the first interracial kiss. They had um, gender neutralness before anybody else. They had Russians on 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 the deck of a starship next to an American captain, and they were all working together. and it, And it changed the paradigm because it it took away the kind of your your personal biases, and you could see the. You could see the the bigger picture, and even though um, I found the Stormblood um, expansion one of the one of the it, it was not my favorite, but it was the most thought provoking for me because they dived into something that is incredibly well. I mean, if you look at the world right now, reconciliation, old grudges, empires, and 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 how to look at it and how to to think about it and how to move forward by just simply putting down your bags and leaving them where they are right and and i think that it we need that optimism in the world we need that optimism so badly in the world right now so i love final fantasy 40 i think everybody should like get a prescription from their doctor to go and play at least <laughs> up until stormblood okay just to, just do it guys so I, I come from a very positive, squishy place for, for, this, for this franchise in, in terms of the story. And I also think you guys are fucking spoilt. <laughs> come, come to the wastelands of Guild Wars 2, where you have a fantastic like opening salvo. And then the next part is just, oh, and this is a bit of a bridging content. You know, you know those clip notes version? This is the clip notes version of the clip notes version of the story that you're going to get that might be hinted tangentially. So no, guys, look, there's a desert out there. You don't know how good you've got it. Okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question <laughs> for you based off of that for next. Okay, because go on then. As, as mentioned before we got officially started on the podcast today, and the last time Fornax was on, Fornax and I do a Guild Wars 2 podcast together. True. But there are kind of like two flip sides to this, right? So like you pointed out, in Guild Wars 2, um, we don't get anywhere near the story content that we do in 14. So like True. even this little snippet, this little tidbit, 6.55, pretty robust. Um, and of course, 6.5 leading up to it even more so. So like the mm -hmm. amount of cinematic storytelling and character depth that we get much more considerable than what we oftentimes get in like between patches. Fucking heaven, mana from heaven, mana from fucking beautiful. heaven. I'm sorry. Yes. But the one thing that we don't get, um, which kind of came up with the 6.55 and 6.x series are new explorable zones. So I guess my True. question to you is, do you, as a player that plays both, feel as though you would prefer to have something like a mix of the like new map and the story content? Or do mm. you like full on prefer just the focus on story content and think that it's been effective and, you know, was effective in things like 6.55 or any of that series? Mm. So um, the thing is, this is, it, I mean, if it's just Daddy, I Want a Pony and this is just my fit. Fornax's world and I get what I want, then it would be story because I love the story. But I also I also love exploration. I, I love the environmental storytelling because I, it makes you feel so much more immersed in the world. I love just walking through cities and listening to the, the, the chatter of the NPCs. I love like seeing the architecture and the mixtures of cultures and how they dress and the foods. And, and then they do that so well in both games, to be honest. But it, it is a bit, it is a bit sparser 
I, I guess really what I want to do is just like squish and smush the two franchises together to make some strange bastardized creation <laughs> that's got the beautiful environments of Guild Wars 2 and these expansive maps and crazy like fantastic mount system with the in-depth, careful, thoughtful, character-driven, emotionally valid story of Final Fantasy. Um, and as to like dragging it back to the, what we've just played, um, I liked the fact that we were not, I mean, you were, you were like, you were on board immediately. As soon as you saw her furry ass, you were in there, up there like Flynn. <laughs> me, and I was like, <laughs> me? you were, you were, yeah, you were, yeah. Me, I was like, okay, she's nice, she's furry, I get it, okay, yeah. It's, it's where my demi superpowers come into place because mm. I just don't fall in love immediately. And I'm like, I need to know who you are. And she was a bit combat sexual for me. I was like getting Xenos vibes for a second there with a bit of PTSD Ugh. happening. And my Xenos, eyebrows started Disney to twitch. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, gosh. And, I, and I, she's nice and she's sweet and she's fun. Is she the leader of men who can keep the, the disparate tribes of two continents in line so that they continue the 80 years peace that her dad kind of dragged them through? I, I don't know, son. <laughs> I want to meet the other people. So I liked that Graha was like, well, let's just back this up a bit, darling. And who the hell are you? And what are we doing here? And let's go and have a, like, a conversation. And I liked the fact that they do that. Because in some MMOs, it's just a, oh, you have a yellow tag above your head. Whatever you say, I shall do unthinkingly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you just throw me off a cliff type. Oh. So yeah, I, I was super happy. And it was it was nice, and the dungeons are fine, and um, yeah, I mean, but it, for me, the the the, the kind of the, the meat and potatoes of it is the story and the character development. So it was it was it was good good start for me. You bring up a good point there, which is that I think there there's a lot of discussion um, about whether or not Wukla Mutt really is going to be the one who takes it. Right, we're backing her, but I've seen a lot of folks talk about exactly what you just brought up that you know does she seem like she truly is a leader or wants to be a leader or is motivated by what a leader would be motivated by um and i mean that's not to say that she can't grow i mean every single character sure. i mean that that's that's the msq restored. is her growing right yes um and i do think she has a lot of you know she has, it seems like, a strong heart, and she cares deeply. She does not want, you know, she, she obviously supports this peace and this collaboration of races. Um, you know, she has physical might as well to back it up, even if she seems secretly beneath it all, perhaps less confident in her strength than she kind of puts out there. Um, but it is very interesting. And I mean, of course, by the end of this, we see a bit of the division that we think is going to be happening, that the twins, Graha, Kryle, they seem like they're going to be on the side here supporting Wuklamat, unless some of them, you know, meet the others and then switch sides, which is possible as well. And just oh my god, we'll talk about Astinian. <laughs> I lost it. I was god. just like, everybody over here engaged with the expansion. Astinian's like, I don't know, um, I'll go, I'll go west, I guess. <laughs> and like, doesn't even know what anybody else is doing. It's just like, I'm bored and I want to travel somewhere. Oh my gosh. Um, but then we see that Urianje and Thancred later get a letter of their own and seem to be joining the fray, as it were, I assume, at Kawana's behest, who I can only imagine they must have met while he was studying in Charlian. Um, 
But I mean, I think that there's a lot of good premise with Wook Lamott, and you're not wrong in that she has that combat sexual for an axe. She definitely does, but I find it much more appealing, maybe because she's a giant buff cat woman, I don't know, than I did with Xenos. And I think also because her motivation feels I mean, she's obviously meant to be a good guy in that sense, right? Like, and there are greater discussions about Xenos and how he views morality and other things like that. But the idea that, like, although she's driven by that and by hunting and the physical prowess and um, fighting at someone's side, that she does that for something that, you know, is a greater good or, com you know, camaraderie or other things like that as well. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I thought she had such a fun, contagious energy and her dynamic with Aaronville, like, they clearly are basically just siblings, you know, like the way that they just were like teasing each other and that back and forth was so much fun. Um, I just think she's going to be a great character. And those kinds of like hunter traits feel so appropriate for a large predatory cat as well that she's just like super excited about hunting and killing things. <laughs> like, I don't know. I found her very charming personally. Yeah, I'll, I'll be really curious to see what they do with her because obviously, right, she's coming and she wants to win this contest for the throne. But and and right, we know she's going to be one of the main characters. They they pointed that out. The fact that they took the time to put her in the the, the CG trailer, right? Um, but also, I don't know. I could see her getting developed a little bit and then flying kind of by the wayside because when the way that she comes in, she doesn't want the throne. She just doesn't want someone else to have it. Someone like one person specifically. So if somebody else can get the throne, that's fine. So I could I could see you know that we get there and there's an initial division between uh, her and Kuana and whoever the, the the fourth one is, be it Aaronville or random white chick that Square Enix has to put into every expansion they make. It's a thing. Go back and look back to eleven. It's there. Um, is she, yeah, is she not know. on the top of the cake of the picture? Is that not the the the, the Karen of uh, Tural ready to like wreak havoc? <laughs> That, that was my thought when I saw it. There was a meme com. I think it it could be a meme common in Rook's stream, where someone mentioned like, "What if the Karen is the warmonger?" Yeah, <laughs> like I wish it was so. I wish it was true. I wish it was. Oh they were like, "I know that he him pronouns were used, but what <laughs> if like the warmonger appears and it's just like the wayfish white woman?" <laughs> was like honestly that would be one of the greatest twists that this game has ever delivered in the final fantasy franchise mm. her killing blow uh. get me the manager yeah that would be, <laughs> I, could, I could see that oh my goodness um so yeah i don't know we'll have to, we'll have to wait in, until dawn trail comes out to see how how all of that um unfolds mm -hmm. but uh was there this anything is... else from yeah. the msq we wanted to highlight here before we moved on there is, in fact, <laughs> at least for me. Um, and I'll actually toss this over to Grizz with your artistic background uh, uh, in both regards. Okay. How do you feel about the visuals that we've seen so far with Kryl and Pictomancer? Okay, so I, I gave this some thought. Okay. One, I do enjoy her redesign. I think it's wonderful anytime a character gets a new outfit and it plays into their what they'll probably be doing in the expansion. And so we know she's Pictomancer. Um, the initial reveal of Pictomancer was kind of mixed vibes for me. I know some people were really excited, but me as an artist was looking at it like, well, you know, 
think of, you know, your day job as an accountant, and then you come home and play Final Fantasy, and Yoshi P announces in the new class, Accountant. And you're you're not chomping at the bit to play an accountant in Final Fantasy, right? <laughs> so that that's kind of my take. I wasn't super enthused to, like, also, like, I, I, I liked it, but it's not going to be a class I main, I don't think. Um, having seen Kryle go through some of the motions, like, very briefly, doing the killing blow on the lovely large toucan, um... It seems to me more I have an understanding of it being kind of like a summoning class. And, you know, painting something like a Moogle into existence really begs the question, what are the limits of a Pictomancer's ability? Can they paint dragons? Could they drop a literal landscape on somebody? I'm ki- I'm ready to kill with some happy little trees. <laughs> like I think that's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I'm now that I've seen Cryle uh, in her new fit, I think uh, it's I'm more endeared to it. Um, like I remember the last uh, last podcast, there was discussion there about it being like a rather bubbly and outwardly kind of cheerful, like almost feminine coded class. And while I do agree with some of that, I do think that art is intrinsically a very nuanced thing. And therefore you shouldn't judge the first initial take of what you see of the class. Uh, once the expansion comes and once you have the class, once you're leveled, you will know the attacks and the rotation and you can properly judge from there how you feel about Pictomancer. So that's my take. Can I can I add a lore aside here? Yes. So I, I know that it's linked to uh, 16, to a specific character that is actually referenced in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the progression of the story. Six? Realm. They, they, the Archon realm developed oh, oh. pictomancy is what they said. Ah, right. Uh, was it? Okay. Um, I'm wondering, do we think that, because because this is in the scope of, of 14's universe, do you think that this finds its origins with the ancients, with their creation magics? This is what I was thinking. I was thinking, mm. could could the, the kind of the story quest, sorry, this is kind of maybe tangential spoilers, but could the, the possibly, I'm um, never right, so don't worry, guys. Uh, could we be going back to something like Elpis? We have the ability, we still have this ability to cross time. Do, could we go back there? Is that where our quest is going to lead us so that we can make these things, these mind's eye creations and bring them forth into reality like the ancients basically did to all the weird shit that we have in the world? I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I will take any excuse to go back to the olden times where beautiful people were as tall as trees and I could climb them like a little koala. But I don't think that they're going, I don't think they're going to take us back again. If for no other reason than just the fact that, like, I I think they've tried to put a little capstone on it for now mm-hmm. in regards to, like, the ties to the ancient world and things. I don't disagree that very likely it shares some kind of roots back with elements of creation magic. Um it's really intriguing, though, because with this discussion of Archon Realm and this sort of talk about it being something developed, it seems like, right, by um, a scholar within Charlian, then you would think that at least this iteration of it would have some kind of more modern day magical construct influence. Um mm-hmm. 
which does raise a lot of interesting questions because we know about a lot of groups and schools that operate in Charlian, um, even the stuff that's more kind of crafting oriented. But we don't know of, at least as far as I know, granted, I haven't finished all the studium quests. I don't know if there's mentioned of an art school in Charlian. Like we have all the other kind of like divisions of schools and um, uh, the different, what's what I'm looking for? Um, you know what I'm talking about, like the, the the guilds, but they're not guilds, but like the different yeah. elastic sections. sections. Yeah. Um, I see in chat disciplines. a mention that yeah, the disciplines. Um, I see in, in chat there's a mention about poetry. So perhaps literature, poetry being mentioned. I I would assume there must be a branch for artistic pursuit. Um, but then also working that into something like like a magical pursuit is very fascinating. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. And maybe they tie it, maybe they do a complete different take on it, which is that they tie it more um, to something like the emotional aspect um, with, you know, saying something about how art comes from the heart or so, something like that. And that you might even be tie, uh, like tapping into more of the emotional um, magical power um, every single time. Why do I forget it? I always want to just call it Akasha. Dynamis? Dynamis, thank you. Yeah. Um, that it could have something to do with Dynamis, uh, which would be kind of wild. That would be kind of out of left field, but um, it definitely, it it doesn't have the arcane rune work that we see for manifesting in regards to things like summoning, right? Mm -hmm. um, those more mathematical almost uh, constructions that lead to a more scientific creation. So I don't know. It's a good mm -hmm. question though. I, I think I, I, I agree with a lot of that. <laughs> um, one thing I would say, I was surprised at how little we saw of Pictomancer, which makes me think that um, a lot of the effects and stuff are going to be relying on the new graphic stuff that they're working on. Because mm. um, the stuff that we did see was kind of rough. That um, did have that kind of pop that we saw in the, uh, the trailer, you know, with like the paint effects and, and stuff like that. It was kind of rough. You saw the Moogle for like half a second, which tells me it was probably existing assets. They kind of hodgepodged in there for half a second because they weren't done with stuff yet. Um, and the, the fact that Kryle came in and like delivered the final blow is, is fine narratively. Like that's that's fine. But like effects wise, it, like that hit didn't feel like it had anything behind it. It was just like, like, all right, you did it. Yay. I guess I, it, I felt weird. But it's also, you know, they're still working on that stuff. So um, yeah. they would have had to have had a lot of those effects kind of just theorized, I think, by the mm -hmm. time that this patch went live. Yeah, I think they were really eager to show it off in some capacity. Um, but like you said, we really don't know a whole lot based on anything in game versus what we know of Pictomancer and other Final Fantasy games. Um, in Maintenary Quest, there was a section where you're in uh, the Numenon looking at books and you got a lot of lore information on things from Tuliolol, but also the Wallachy and, and Blue Magic, which makes me think that maybe they're intending to, you know, give us lore in regards to the backing of Pictomancer going forward that's unique to, uh, you know, Tuliolol. Um, I hope. I hope. I am <laughs> so keen on just having background lore on these things. I, I hope it's not a situation where they're simply flying by the seat of their pants. Um, <laughs> but either way, I'll take it. 
You know, I just want to know. <laughs> yeah. Quail seems joyous, though. I, I I loved it in the trailer at the end where, where she is revealed as a pictomancer in, the, in like, the, the full cinematic. They did her with such joy and such happiness and such exuberance, and it was wonderful. And for her as a character and her character development, she has always been, like, vital support, but on the on the back burner. And it's nice for her to be stepping forward, although I, I guess some, were, some might be lamenting that we're not going to get as much of Graha as people would like. Oh, so, we've had a lot of him, though. We've had a, he's good, been, a he's been around. Just let him, let him have his vacation and yeah. use tacos, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always got the feeling that I had to sleep with one eye open. He is very much in love with the Warrior of Light, and it's just to to a degree where you like just just t- seek help, son. You know, just just you know, there's, see there's other that people, please. Scene in Endwalker oh. where like everybody comes to your room to like say stuff, but what you don't see is that part when a city just jumps out the window. Graha's actually there in the bushes. <laughs> watch it like i love that boy he can come you know he can come in it's fine you just come over here it's all right if fornex doesn't want you i'll take you graha <laughs> come on over very sweet and we appreciate how he appreciates the warrior's light <laughs> so we tactful can, yeah. <laughs> and you know and uh for what it's worth um him stepping back to allow Kryle to come out of the adventure feels very fitting I think it's it's high time she got because the way she emotionally approached it, you know, kind of affirming that she did have obligations and then Graha naturally being very graceful and in, in saying he'd take care of it. Um, and then the small conversation we have with him on the bridge, you know, how he expands upon uh, life being uh, an amassment of adventures rather than just one, you know? Yeah. And that there will always be more opportunities to grow and learn and experience great things. And I, th- I felt like that was a fitting and reassuring way for him to step back and out of the limelight. You yeah. know, and we, we will be with him again. Just, you know, like Kryle every time. Yeah. And I, and I think yeah. it's, you know, Wook Lamott and um, Kryle obviously are their own characters. But I think there's also a lot of graha in them as well that willingness to want to do more to want to be you know one of the group um and stuff like that i mean you know the way that graha talks to wukulamat after the colibri thing right i think he he picks up on on that um so yeah i mean he'll still be around but i think we're gonna have at least a, a couple of those kind of traits and stuff and in, in characters too that are coming to the forefront yeah Kral deserves it you know like She's a character that has been in our lineup for so long, but like was mentioned, just has not really had as much. She's kind of like the convenient one who shows up sometimes to like give us some more information about something or get kidnapped one time or, (laughs) you know, and when you're looking at characters that you're like, okay, well, I think that if we're looking at 10 more years of the story and we're looking at our cast that exists and we don't want to just completely throw them only new characters because then we might lose some of the emotional connection that the players have forged with various characters over the years. But who really has more room to grow or to have interesting narratives that we haven't already tread with them? And I really feel like Kryle is one of the ones that just seems the most obvious because she's always wanted to do more. She's always talked about how she's felt very limited. 
And yet, you know, she's always there trying to help, trying to support. She shows up. She got to play a role in Endwalker, but then like she talks about in the 6.55 MSQ, she had to just kind of sit back while everybody else got to have the deep emotional bonding at the end of the universe and sacrifice themselves for one another and cry in the back. That's like, rough. Like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go see the goddess of the planet. Oh, have fun. <laughs> I really wish that I could do that so bad, but have a good time for and me, I guess. Mind you, she's having these awful hallucinations at the same time because of her like affinity with Dynamis. So she's just like slowly losing her mind <laughs> as well <laughs> back in Charlian. It's like Heidelin has been texting her throughout all of Endwalker. <laughs> like, hey girl, hey, hey, it's me. Can you get everybody else to come down? No, no, no. I don't need you to come to lunch, but can you get everybody else to come <laughs> meet me for lunch? Thanks so much. Bye. Kryle's just like, I wanted lunch. Okay. Oh. Well, like, <laughs> so I do feel oh. like this will probably be something that's a little bit more divisive for folks just because of the fact that like a cat boy is generally more mass appeal friendly than like your you know, kind of upbeat, bubbly femme lalafell that, like, you know, is studious and kind-hearted. Listen, listen. <laughs> it's high time we had another lalafell in the main cast. It is. It has been a hot second, and Kryle is a wonderful character, and we're going to see what really makes her tick, because so far, we see her dependability and her level-headed way of, like, giving the Warrior of Light and his companions advice and how to navigate situations. But now we can see her in those situations and see, you know, it's, it's a part of Kryle we aren't yet privy to. And that's how you really come to be invested in a character, is um, seeing their limits. <laughs> Honestly, trying to break I, them. Please go ahead. I love how we can have a full conversation about the depth of these characters, like they're people that we know. And that's how good the writing is. We love, I love Graha because he is such a decent person. I love that they care for each other. I love that they're willing to sacrifice for each other. I love that this is the only MMO I've ever played where I have cried like a baby and I have done so happily. So it's it's just wonderful. I, I really, I feel like you can kind of get, you can nitpick things and, and we want, and, and we do, I, I criticize things when I want them to be better because I know that how good they could be and it comes from a place of love. But I think we have to acknowledge how good it is, and you have to have the kind of trust that I think that they've seen that the community hasn't been. I mean, from a story point of view, I've loved Endwalker. I loved getting to really finally meet the real Emmett Selk and understand who he is as a human being and see his journey come to completion and and just really understand the world in such a deeper way because it was just all mystery and all misunderstanding as we were, we were kind of fumbling our way through from discovering what the Archons were to understanding who these malevolent creatures we thought the Asians were but they were just people desperately fighting for their world and for the people that they loved and it was so humanizing and so kind of broadening the horizons of how stories tell and Final Fantasy is like one of the only games where 
you beat the villain and then you get to have more interaction. They're not just dead on the floor. They're, they're, they have further character development. You can get to understand them on a, on a level which is so much better. And so I trust the writing team that they're going to give us a version of um, what America, what the Americas could have been if we weren't such asshats as a species. If we'd have come in. Imagine, imagine if we hadn't, if the Spaniards hadn't done what they did to the Incas. Imagine the society, imagine the history, imagine the evolution of our, of our world if we didn't go in and just murder everybody who didn't look like us, you know? And I think that this is kind of a reimagining of what the Americas could have been if we were just better human beings. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that could have been like. That's a really incredible take. You've made me very much more hyped for that as well. Yeah, 100%. There's been so much trepidation. And I mean, even with a lot of the talks that they've done at the fan fests and things, right, about portrayal of culture in 14. And obviously, there's a fantasy element. Um, but, you know, Kate, even on one of the panels with NA Fan Fest was saying, like, we realize that historically, we haven't done the best with this. And I think there has been a lot of kind of apprehension by many people um, just because of the vast amount of misrepresentation that you oftentimes see in North or South America, particularly for Native peoples. <laughs> it's like, it's it, there's a fraught history there um, and uh, a lot of parts of it that many times international perspective doesn't fully understand, um, let alone J Japanese perspective um, into it. But... I really, I love what you said as well, Fornax, because I think that this game, like you said, it really has been a balm to the soul in many ways. And yet it hasn't, it doesn't do that at the cost of like, everything is rainbow sparkles. Like, yes, there's a very decidedly positive momentum and tone to the game, but it isn't just like, and that everybody just liked each other because like, friendship is cool and yeah. <laughs> Like, we do actually get discussions about the racial tensions and history and slaughter of the beast tribes now, just referred to as tribes, because it turns out that calling them beast tribes was racist. Or, like, all these different <laughs> things in the game where we actually do see them confront themes that we don't always see confronted. And sometimes they handle it very gracefully. Sometimes there are, you know, areas to improve, just like any, I think, comprehension or depiction oftentimes has. But I love this idea that what we might be seeing with Dawn Trail, like you said, is something that could be such an optimistic take on what it would mean if, yeah, like, instead of destroying each other or, you know, all this terrible stuff that happened, like, there had been a real merging and respect of culture. Um, and, I mean, like, obviously we're seeing with the New World from what we got even from 6.55 that there is a history of warfare amongst the people of the New World. Um, but that there was a time where they rallied and found their own merging of culture and peace and that their interest in the world outside of them has been something that they have been deeply proactive in, even if Eorzea in its own little struggles didn't realize, you know, with Kiwana coming over and even like kind of hiding that Aaronville being from the new world and just being like, yeah, I'm just going to vibe and like learn some stuff and maybe I'll go back so my sister can bully me. My sister, not sister, can bully me. Like, it's it's interesting. And I'm I am actually feeling, I think, especially after this, a lot like you are, a lot of optimism and hope for how they're going to tackle this 
this perhaps trepidatious part. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, all right. I think we're in a pretty good place. I think we're in a pretty good place. And I, you know, I think we've got um, a lot to build off of that could be really phenomenal. So I'm really hopeful for that too, honestly. It's going to be a nice change because usually when the Warrior of Light is entering a new country, it's because it's in a state of turmoil or, you know, needs some kind of help. I mean, they do need help in this regard, but it's not because there's, it's actively on the cusp of being destroyed, you know what I mean? Or overthrown. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Can I just say the last thing about this? So a lot, a lot of stories, they'll just, they'll, They'll, you'll have the inciting incident, you'll have the conflict, and then, as you said, and then they all lived happily ever after and nothing ever happened that was bad. And that is clearly not how things work. And we're like, yeah, yes, I'm it. And, and in Final Fantasy, they don't do that. We Look at Garlemont, look at, what, look at the whole reason why Elise, uh, Alice and um, Alphano are going over to the New World because they want to know how these struggling, disparate tribes actually maintain the peace, not just how they got there, because getting there is like not even half the battle. It's maintaining the peace, it's maintaining those connections, it's keeping that alive and that desire, especially when you have you know, 80 years of peace. People forget what war is like. Um, people don't understand the cost of war and and the, the misery and the suffering of it. And they get ideas and they get expansionist goals. And we're seeing this play out in the world at the moment. And the reality is that it is nothing but losing and misery and suffering, even if you are, if you are the person who loses the least. And and I love the fact that we, we look at Garlemald and we look at this ruined nation and they have put a sympathetic eye on these people who were conquerors. But they were only conquerors because they were led by a monstrous totalitarian regime. And, and everyone forgets when Germany took over and started the Second World War, the first country they, they took over was Germany. The Nazis took over Germany first and they decimated their own population. And that's pretty much what the Garlemald Empire did. Anyone who resisted in them was, was, was decimated. Any resistance was squashed. And you see that sympathetic eye and you see the respect that, that is given to these characters and their desire to have independence and value in themselves, even as a broken empire. And I think that that is just something that is so unique sorry to get serious but I, it, these, no, these stories please. are so important please. right mm. and, and we don't we don't I don't see this anywhere else in fiction and this is why I think it's it's so compelling and why Final Fantasy is actually just a, such an important important game mm. uh, which sounds crazy it's a, like a juxtaposition but it, it really is it's it kind of opens your eyes and I love it so I will stop fangirling now no, Weirdly. don't. No. Over war crimes. Bungo <laughs> for war crimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we asked you to come on a podcast and talk about a game we all love or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, I will say one thing, a note from 6.55, thinking about all of that. And I mean, some of those beautiful points that you brought up is the fact that one thing I loved about the narrative here was that Wukla Mott like straight up just goes, oh, yeah, no, we're not like bringing you in for just like a save the native people's arc. <laughs> And I like really, I really appreciated that because I mean, there's a strong sense of that in many narratives. 
Um, that it's just like, here's this outsider that knows nothing about a culture who's going to come in and save them from themselves. And Wuklamat having like a literal piece of dialogue in the quest um, that like literally says, no, actually, this is like a thing that our people thought of because, you know, a leader is going to have to work with allies and fostering good relations and diplomatic and international relations is something that's important. And you need to show that you can bring people to your cause and unite even like literally in our culture, like we, we have united, um, you know, that you need to unite others to this as well and be able to be, you know, acknowledging of the greater world. And I had to really say, like, I mean, just like you were talking about some of the nuance of, you know, Garlemald as a nation and things like that again, that was a little detail that many games would not have bothered with, where they would have just been like, we need help and there's going to be a ruler and you're strong, so just <laughs> come help us. I, but to yeah. actually, like, have a character acknowledge their own culture's agency and choice to do this and to say, like, no, I, you know, I do want to recruit you and I want to be the one that has brought you in and that, you know, is choosing to, you know employ you in a sense um it didn't feel disempowering as like a hero but it also i felt like didn't rob the actual people that were petitioning our help in a sense um of their own agency in the situation like it was a very measured choice and it's something that is a part of this and part of the you know consideration for the competition and um that it's something that they're all doing and that they chose to do. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. I'm glad they put that in because, again, that was the thing they didn't have to do. But that does, I think, make the premise of this just feel more structurally sound and, like, morally sound in many ways. It, it kind of makes me think, I think, God, was it like a Schoolhouse Rock song or something? Like the American melting pot or something, right? The idea of, like, all these cultures are coming in. everybody in the Americas, you know, so many people immigrated and stuff like that. So that you have just this entire grouping of different cultures together, um, and I, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that made made a lot of sense, and it's it's nice that they kind of highlighted that. Um, okay, so to go from like super serious discussions, uh, next up we want to go over Hildebrand. Ah, <laughs> oh, Hildebrand, I. For next, you've been so positive. How do you feel about <laughs> Hildebrand? Oh no. I I I I have I have to I I have not played any Hildebrand story. Oh, no. I have seen some clips online that look really weird, and there's lots of like atomic nuggies and people getting thrown around by naked men, oh, and yeah. I'm very confused sure. by this, but intrigued, no, intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. I have. I, I promise. I promise myself I will play it before the expansion launches, just so that I know fuck people are talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But please go ahead, discuss. Just so I, I'm, know, I'm interested. I also haven't played it. Oh, oh no! Am I the am I the God. only one? I've done it. <laughs> you did it. I'm, oh. a little, I'm a little behind. I so you're not caught up. That's so all. The only okay, one that's done. Okay, <laughs> I have done up until the latest step. So I didn't. I right. didn't do this this capstone quest. Right. But I okay. I have done. I did. I even got caught up this morning. So I have done the story up to the six point five five. Okay, so then this I'm is the this one's all you. Yes, okay. But, but I have at least made more progress than Chris and Fornax, and I want this to be. <laughs> <what it's fun. laughs> yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, it's. I mean, what do you want? It's, it's more Hildebrand, right? It's more goofy stuff. Uh, it's more silly stuff. Um, the 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 thing with this one is that this is where the new uh, Asura challenge 
comes in. Um, harder than than it was at FanFest, obviously, because the FanFest one was made for people to get in and out of quickly so they could move the line. Um, and also probably because it also wasn't finalized yet. Um, but it was fine. Like, I did it once. Uh, I have no reason to do it ever again. <laughs> like, that's it. I did it for the story. All right. It's done. Um, what, is it, what does it drop? Does it drop a bar? Nothing. Like, I, didn't see, I didn't notice it, it drop anything. I could be wrong. There's uh, no reward for it? I, I didn't notice kind of it drop anything. The reward There's a card. Made along the There's way. a card. Okay. That's so cool. maybe, we'll maybe, it, maybe it, like, drop and I didn't notice then. That's that's fair. That's disappointing. Um, hmm. Didn't drop anything from a chest. It just gives you a card. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and we'll, we'll get into rewards later. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was more Hildebrand. Um, you know, the animation's funny. Um, the, the one thing that, and this is, this is really weird. Pay attention to this when you go through it and let me know if I'm just crazy. There's this, this scene where, you go out to what is, you know, the gilded aria, which is where the trial is. Um, and you go out there and then, you know, Asura gets summoned and the arena transforms. But like the floor of this area, it just looks bad. <laughs> like it's, I don't know if like they didn't render it at the correct texture or they didn't add enough bump mapping, but it just looks smudgy and weird and bad. And it stood out in all the cutscenes that happened here and i don't know if like that's just me being like insane or if there's like a legit like there was an issue it just looks really bad <laughs> um but yeah like that was fine i did it i did the quest um did i had enough tomes to to finish up like the weapon stuff at the end weapons are oddly like they they look more like they would be from solution 9 than anything which is odd um, if you were to tell me like these were the Endwalker relics, I wouldn't have been able to guess based on just the appearance of them. Like they don't look anything like anything Endwalker. Maybe a little bit of like Omnicron patterning, but like it's I don't know. Um, reward was nice. There, no emote reward, which was kind of a bummer. Usually we get emote rewards for Hildebrand, um, but mm -hmm. this time we did get the little blue poops UFO mount, which is nice. So, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, I guess the mount is the trade-off on that. Yeah. 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 So that was that was fine. It was other than that, like it was it was Hildebrand. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I hmm. It's been it's Hildebrand. <laughs> yeah. I I I like it. It's successfully Hildebranded. Yeah. Historically you've loved Hildebrand fusion. Um and you know, like I was doing earlier some of the the stuff that I hadn't done, right? And the instance with um where you play as Godbert and everything. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. But I I just have to say, I we've talked about it before on the podcast. I just don't think that tying the relics to Hildebrand was for me. And that's okay. A lot of other mm -hmm. people enjoyed it. Um, it didn't actually affect the weapons. Like many people were kind of worried that it might just make them all like big jokey joke weapons and that they might be like really dumb and silly. Um uh, but it, it's just kind of tough for me because I feel like 
I just, I don't know. I only want to engage with Hildebrand in very specific moods and at very specific times. And I think that my brain gets like Hildebrand fatigue, where like sure. the comedy just doesn't land on me. Like I was watching, like, you know, I'm like, okay, I gotta go through it. So I'm like going through all the cutscenes and like even stuff that normally might have elicited a little bit of a giggle from me. I was just kind of like, okay, like, all right, next thing. Okay. All right. That's kind of, some- honestly, that's how I was this time around. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of weird because normally I do, I'll like have a weekend or something with Hildebrand where I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't done the Hildebrand for this expansion yet. Ah, yeah. And I'll like sit down and I'll play it and I'll giggle and I'll like have a good time and I'll do whatever the thing is. But it, it just kind of lands on me better when I think I have the choice to engage with it. Um, and like, I, I just kind of did not. I didn't feel entertained by it. And it wasn't to say that there weren't good comedy beats this time around or anything, because there were some, and a lot of the animation, as always, is very impressive. I was, this is so weirdly, I don't know, I was really impressed by the the shoot kick that you do as the Warrior of Light after that, um, like, duty instance where you play as Godbert. Like, he throws something at you, and you leap up into the air, and you do, like, a soccer anime kick. And I was like, wow, I have never seen that before. But again, it wasn't like anything about the actual quest or anything that was engaging me. And it does kind of lead me, I think, further into my conviction that I really wish they would make the relics relevant to something. Like, that the actual relic weapons would have some kind of real context with the quest that supports them, or the portion of the game that they came from, or just like something that makes them feel like you really are earning a weapon of legend in this world in whatever way that is. Um, and I, I agree, like, the Solution 9 effects look super cool on the weapons, and they definitely are, like, getting people, I think, more excited looking forward, um, but did it feel like these are Godbert Manderville weapons that I got that were, like, created by him and forged through the quest that we did? No, it felt like two completely and utterly unrelated things well, that and, just kind of and it, put together. And it's so weird, so, like, spoilers, if you haven't done any Hildebrand, right? Uh, you find out that the Manderville line is like a descendant of like aliens. <laughs> so like, oh, okay, everything's weird because they're actually like aliens this whole time. So then you like <laughs> you make these weapons, right, which are kind of spacey, futury, and then they go, oh, by the way, uh, we're not actually part of the bloodline for that. We're just like at some point, like somebody didn't procreate, so we're not actually descendants of aliens. We just like kept the name which totally negates like all of that theming um but i i think it's a lot of it for me this time around is the perception of it it's not an optional thing i'm doing for fun it's a thing i have to do because they were lazy with relics um and so yeah like it's it's it was it was fine it was more hildebrand but i think in the back of my mind, knowing that it's just like, okay, I'm grinding for tomes and I'm doing this to get weapons. It just, it, it affected my enjoyment of it, which kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you think of Hildebrand, you think of supplemental story material that is meant to be enjoyed for the sake of enjoying it. And it's kind of slapstick humor. When you attach that to something that's not inherently um, relevant to like levity and vague comedic enjoyment, you, it's gonna, you know, yeah. That that's my take from this discussion. I did love the and comment ha- in chat. Oh, sorry. Please go ahead, Fortex. 
I was going to say, I, I kind of feel relieved that they're like rolling their ones and twos on the dice of story in Hildebrand and leaving the main storyline like nice and pristine and, <laughs> and, and coherent. Yes, I am. I'm for that. Sorry. Carry no, on. you're good. I would be so curious. Once you finish them, I want to hear all your thoughts on them because they are, they're a wild romp and they are fun. And there actually are some great moments that come out of them, like some really, really funny or enjoyable or even some heartfelt moments that are, that are great in them. Um, but I mean, I have to say in chat, Paincy made the mention of, uh, I still think a Bollywood Hildebrand was a missed opportunity over this like alien plot. And I was like, hmm. yes, I see Grizz even agreeing in the chat. Yes. <laughs> like Hildebrand Bollywood would have been so good. Listen, I almost peed myself laughing at the, um, Kugane section <laughs> of Hildebrand quests. Like I thought that was delightful and like... Anytime you get to feature a culture, but also with comedy, I think that's an opportunity. That is like a wonderful opportunity to make light, but also to inform, you know, because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure most people, uh, most quote unquote normies weren't aware of the fact that it was pretty routine for guys to dress up in, you know, um, female outfits as a specific facet of, you know, Japanese culture or, you know, because yeah. that's based on, you know. I mean, even even going theory. back to like Shakespeare times, like guys would mm. play women yeah, and, and plays roles. and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, you know, looking back at, at Shadowbringers and what we had there, like obviously like the big pull for, for this Hildebrand aside from the relics was that you have the, the, the my, my little blue poops from <laughs> eight. Well, what else was from eight Eden? Why wasn't this in Shadowbringers? They could have, I don't know, maybe missed opportunity, but it was, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. Um, I think mm -hmm. the relationship that it shares with other content and impact had to, had an effect on the impact that it had. Um, but it was fine. I yeah. love Rosatan, by the way. My God, what it's a beautiful It's so gorgeous, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, just adding on to that very quickly, something that I've always wanted. So the first Final Fantasy game I played by myself was 12. And I have vivid memories of Rabinaster and how big it was. You know, it was still cut into sections, but it was big and you could still get lost. Mm. The day I can get lost in a Final Fantasy city, I will, I will simply die. <laughs> and I, w I would have fulfilled my greatest need in life, was which is to get lost in a cityscape in Final Fantasy. Because, like, the level of immersion... Because you get lost in cities because they're big, you know, they're winding. And they have so much to interact with, like, just in alleyways and other hidden facets. I understand it's a lot. It's a lot to work on in a zone. But... I have firm faith that Final Fantasy could potentially reach that within the next few X-Packs. Like, that's... Because they got pretty close with Raz at Han, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's beautiful. You, there's places you can go into. Um, the restaurant. Um, and sections that you could readily not have explored were there not quests there, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so we're getting closer. That's all I want to say. I'm waiting. I find the moon quite labyrinthian. The moon is quite lovely. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the moon's just like that though, because it's just like the the spaces are so massive and right. like kind of awkwardly positioned, and then there's just like huge portions of the landscape that are just like 
massive void essentially mm-hmm. where there's like not really anything along the way or you you know you dip down into like one little nook or something mm-hmm. um no i agree though i think that like having a landscape like having a map that was literally just an entire city would be so cool and it's something that 14 has not done i mean other than our just hub zones which aren't like a full-on map you know like they could do so much with that um we've had stuff like that introduced in guild wars 2 and um like yeah when you look at like the scale of like other mmos and what they put into zones and like the scale or depth or all kinds of stuff um it does make 14's maps look a little small sometimes and i'd like to see them just kind of push that like there are zones that are incredible in 14 don't get me wrong the world is beautiful and rich and lush but I think they could, especially with the graphics update, keep pushing how they make landscapes and add some more variety where, yeah, we get something like a whole on city that's just a map. And like you have a ton of stuff to do in that and explore in that. Um, it'd be so cool. I'm I'm if- hopeful that we get that with Tulio Law. I mean, thinking about the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, size and scale, that was one of the big pushes they did with Stormblood, um, where they, you know, they showed us Kugana and they're like, this is all one zone. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, and you know, since then we've had, you know, other, other hubs and we've had rods at Han. So I think now with, with Tuliolol, right, we'll have that graphic update. We'll have that size. Maybe they'll be able to scale it up even a little bit more. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean the, the, the big, the main city hubs have always improved mm-hmm. for, for these yeah. expansions. Yeah. Now it's clearly, it's clearly getting, uh, closer and closer to that notion. Of <laughs> you will need a map. No. And we may, still may have I Aetherites. Have- True. May I recommend Guild Wars 2, Heart of Thorns, <laughs> Tangled Depth. If you desire to be lost, slightly <laughs> possibly more frustrated, then that's the map for you, babe. That's that's your cup of tea. I, yeah. be right over. I will never get lost <laughs> with a map because I have played Final Fantasy XI and mm. I have gone through the jungles. <laughs> if you want an awful map in an MMO, go to the jungles in Final Fantasy XI. The only way you remember how to get to places is just memorizing things. <laughs> it's oh, you so follow bad. the blood of your tears back there's, along the trail. To and you, then, yeah. and then after the jungle, you get into this grotto and that's where like this other city is with all like the ninjas and stuff. It's like, Oh God, how do I, I just found my way here through the jungle. Just follow the right wall. That's all you got. That's like, you just the whole way there. It eventually will lead you to where this place is. The jungles in 11 were, Oh my gosh. Even made even made better by the fact that you couldn't jump in eleven, so like you could see oh. little places with just like little obstructions, but you can't like jump over it. So it's like, all right, now I gotta go around and uh, it's the jungles. Oh my gosh! It's definitely I'm getting a- contact PTSD here. That sounds awful. <laughs> you know, it's definitely a difference between like a place being. Like, you get lost in it because it's poorly designed, right? Mm, Where, like, the flow of it is bad, or there's not enough visual indicators or markers, or there's not, like, enough stuff to discover that's truly of worthwhile. Mm -hmm. That, like, you know, you're just kind of getting bogged down, going in circles, trying to figure out, like, how do I just get to the place that organically I would feel like I just go this way to get to, right? But, like, there is a satisfaction, I think, in, like, being so engrossed in a place by, like, its details, by all the things that it has in it, the districts, the areas, the little complexities, the the stuff that you discover in it um, that is, like, oh, it's just so delightful. And especially because... 
14's world is one that I cannot get enough of. Like mm. every little tidbit of information, every piece of lore that they work in, the like varied landscapes, in my mind, they take on this incredibly rich life because the groundwork is there and they like put it in and it's incredibly gorgeous how they spin up their world. Um, so like, yeah, any steps we get where we continue and Dawn Trail, I think with this graphics update is going to be huge in those regards. Oh, and yeah. with like some of the server expansion and things they're working on with like the cloud servers and all of that, because um, I think that gives them more agency to imagine the world in a scale and with detail in such a way that like we already feel in our minds, right? Mm -hmm. It'll be so cool to see. I'm, I'm really excited right. about that. <laughs> no, and I firmly feel if they don't already have one on their team to help them plot out these situations, they should have a city planner. <laughs> That's a reason why it's its own job. It's like um, a city is like a body. You want the circulation to go through seamlessly. You want people to be able to get to places with relative ease. Cities are built with travel and its people in mind. So, yeah, now I'm excited. <laughs> now I'm thinking about like back in 1.0 when they had to add a staircase into Limsa because Limsa was so hard to get around. They're like, we're just going to kind of shoehorn a staircase in here to make it easier to go between upper and lower because it's really confusing. <laughs> Um, I'm looking forward to to Gradania without the the, the epilepsy inducing uh, flora shadows on the floor. That would be lovely. The yeah, enjoying a forest walk rather than frothing at the mouth walking through. That would be that's really good. <laughs> Twitching yeah. on the ground, having a stroke. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. it's worth it. It's a pretty place, but you know. Yeah, life goals. It's very pixely on the ground, and a lot of those shadows do a lot, shadows do a lot of like very jittery, like weird things across the ground um, and the landscape. And the, sure. the wildest thing is, I can remember when two point was coming out, and all I could think of was like, "Wow, look at that great light!" <laughs> a different time. It was a different, different time. time. It was Ten all years right. ago. Patch so talk. Children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rook, you just did these. What did What did you think about the uh, Tataru quests? So sweet. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I I think the Tataru quest did exactly what they needed to. You know what I mean? I guess maybe that's some of the difference with, like, the Hildebrand quest. The Tataru quests just, they were a quest chain. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like a quest chain. And you go through them and it gets, it lets you revisit a lot of, you know, places or characters that maybe just weren't able to have screen time in Endwalker for whatever reason, gives you an ongoing sense of the world and how it's evolving. And it, I think, really adds a little bit of something extra for Tataru and kind of her culmination through the story and um, all of her journey and how you, you know, kind of say thanks to her in a sense with the help of these other people whose lives she's touched because of the skills that she's discovered and her own unique power, you know, right? Being a mercantile ruler and overlord who we will all like bow down to one day. Um, but I really liked that. And I get the impression that they, I mean, you know, she says, I will undoubtedly be back around at the end, you know, where she's like, I'm not going to let you get away that easily. So I have no doubt that we'll see her again. Mm -hmm. But it definitely feels like she, interestingly enough, after Minfilia's passing, was kind of the the science in a sense, right? Like as far as like their coordinating background kind of cohesive you know funding us all the kind of more organization aspect of the scions and with the scions technically disbanding even though we know a bunch of them are coming with us and all this other stuff um it seems like at this point maybe they are kind of letting her take a back seat 
and maybe letting some of that um, stuff kind of, you know, have its own resolution and where she'll still be in the world, but she's not going to be somebody that we are like heavily interacting with for every mm. expansion. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like she went from like Walmart greeter to like the manager of her own like target store or something like <laughs> yeah, that. She's yeah, like, I'm yeah. going to do this myself, but also I'm in charge over here. Yeah. So I really liked it. I thought the final culmination was a really sweet story. I liked a lot of the little story vignettes along the way. The Four Lords is my favorite. But this last one I thought had some beautiful discussion about, you know, culture and people. And um, as some folks were saying in my chat, like, you know, the experience of being diaspora, like, um, and I, I really think, again, it's like those stories they don't have to tell, but that they do in 14. And um, I cried. I, like, I cried at the end. I thought it was so sweet. Tara gets her mom's necklace. And um, I thought out of all the stuff we got this patch, the reward for it was very nice. We got a barding. And um, oh, what was the other? It's a barding and oh, a framer's kit. A framer's, framer's kit. kit. Framer's kit was nice. I, I felt a little baited with the reward. Because when you start this final quest, you're like, oh, we're going to go over to the studium and talk about, like, uniforms and stuff. And traditionally, Tataru has given us, like, a new, like, full set of, of clothes right at the end of an expansion. And so to then be like, oh, actually, this is all, like, a throw. We're not doing new costumes. Uh, here's some chocobo barding for the chocobo that you always use. And I was like, all right, that's cool, I guess. I don't <laughs> know. I was hoping for for some some clothes, but... That's all right. We I still mean, got something in the framers she, kit is nice. So Yeah. And technically she already gave us clothes. It's sure. kind of funny because if they had reversed it, I don't think it would be a problem at all. Right? Like if at the end of Endwalker, she had given us the barding and then at the end of her quest chain, she had given us that adventurer's outfit. But like they clearly wanted us to have oh, that that's outfit. Right. I had forgotten about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So like they clearly wanted us to have that outfit for the patch Newfound Adventure. That's fair. And still, like, yeah, I had, I had, I had legit forgotten all yeah. about that. And the barding matches the outfit that she gave you. So, yeah. like, it is kind okay. of like a set. Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was sweet. It was a, a nice little wrap up. And I'm curious if and when we'll see her again. Yeah, um, that's fine then. Fornax, Griswold, did you do the Tataru? Fornax? <laughs> no, but I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory that. She will actually be the power behind the warmogger. She has cast her mercantile eye across the deeps and she sees the resources in the new world and she is going to be the power behind the throne. Yeah, Capitalism. like a whole villain arc for her. This is this is the future. This Yo, you want to go to war? War, need, war needs funny, needs equipment. Yeah. I can provide uh, that. Yep, yep. A lot of money goes into exactly. war. Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> yeah. I yep, mean that's yep. a that's that would be a real twist. You know what I mean? And then and then the and then the the white chick at the top of the key art has her own Etsy store and she's getting like really furious about it and they just go into like mer mercantile <laughs> no, no, wars. No. She's in the suit. That's that's like she like, like pulls out like rips off there like Mission Impossible style and it's her at the top and she's like oh yes bitches. You see it's a My costume the is it was, it was, Yeah, the whole time. Oh my, oh my god uh, i mean i kind of hope this happens now that would be hilarious that'd be great <laughs> oh yeah well uh, despite having not played the most recent iteration of tatari's grand endeavor um i always felt like she's done a lot um and was in a similar place to Krile in that there's a lot of back work being done behind the mm. scenes and tatara was the og um, in regards to that. And 
While I, I do miss her a little, and it's good that she gets her own um, storyline off to the side, um, I'm super eager to see her again in the next X pack. Like, I think that with Kryl being around, and maybe Tataru could come with us. I just, I just think that it's a great use of background characters that have routinely done shadow work to come to the fore in this instance. I would, I would love to see post MSQ for Tataru to show up, um, you know, give us our, our like tome gear or something, but then like also like crash, uh, clash against uh, Rowena. Oh, you know, yes. they both, they both see this new market. That's, that's what I want from, from, from Tataru storyline. I want to see. Narratively see sound. Yeah. yeah. That'd, that'd, be be good. Great. that'd be good. <laughs> um, we also had the uh, final uh, tribe quest if you have done all of them i have not I, done that one yet no nobody did you did no. anybody i did anybody i did it you did, I did it okay. okay i did it okay fusion it's all you uh, it, was, it was fun it was a funny little romp uh there's a, a race in ultima thule with everybody so like there's hippo carts there's like the dudes on the mech from the the final day's dungeon uh there's the 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 final boss from that dungeon the the, the divinity or whatever with the guy riding it around um, and then you compete in your little weird flying robot rabbit thing. Uh, it was it was fun. It was a fun little thing. The the rabbits are there. They're like broadcasting the whole thing on the radio. And uh, yeah, it was for for half a second. I thought it was going to be like a playable like race thing because years ago they floated the idea of like a fly chocobos through rings kind of mini game for gold saucer mm. um and you get to the ultima thule and there's these like rings and you're like oh my god is is this it is this no it's it's, it's a cutscene. um <laughs> they do give you a couple options towards the end though which which was which was nice um but yeah it was a nice little quest you get um there's a uh a lolly hop emote i think is is what it was called at the end of that um so yeah it's cool. Oh. Check it out if you haven't, and if if you know, don't forget to you get framers kits from all the all the tribe quests, including like ones from expansions ago. So if you're sitting on mm-hmm. a bunch of currency from doing those, go back and grab the framers kits for all of them. Oh, and the trophy! I forgot all about the trophy. Yeah, you get a little trophy. It's got like an elephant and a carrot and Aww. some kind of weird oh, Omnicron strand of whatever that is. Um, <laughs> there was there was also a really cool like little like lopperet radio. Uh, that they they showed for like the runners up got this i'm like i also want that how is that not <laughs> a, a new a new item um so hopefully they'll they'll add that in the future um after that uh is island sanctuary did anyone finish island sanctuary no but i've heard things oh i've heard God. things I've heard too things you're well. you're going to hear yeah. you're going to hear some things yeah oh. um <laughs> all right square enix <laughs> <laughs> If you complete all of Island Sanctuary, you put in the time, you build up your island, you do all the quests, right? The last couple of quests that you get for the, the culminating ranks for each patch are like, oh, here's like this glamour. Uh, here's like, there's some watches on the glamour, which are cool. They're not wrist pieces, which is weird. Uh, we've we've had like, a, I think the yokai watch was the only like actual watch we've had that had watch, a wrist yeah. placement. <laughs> um, so getting these watches is cool, but like, why aren't they wrist pieces that's weird um so then you think well surely surely the final reward for doing everything 
an island sanctuary must be at least a decent island glamour. No. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> pardon my French, the reward they give you is six fucking pieces of cheese. <laughs> wow. Square Enix, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. This is like, for me, this is like the perfect summation of all of my problems with Endwalker and 6.0. <laughs> oh, we're going to have you do all this cool stuff. Here's some cheese. <laughs> At least it's HQ <laughs> cheese. I don't like it's so. Oh my gosh. What? And then on top of that, there's basically some text towards the end that's like, cool. Well, that's Island Sanctuary. Do whatever you want here. We're kind of like, that's it. They just wrap up the content. Like, I feel like this as a replacement for something like a, like field operations, we got more use out of field operations than we did with Island Sanctuary. Um, so it's, and as somebody that like really missed those, this expansion, that's like, it sucks. Like cheese. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just, oh my God. I just, I, I, I'm baffled that someone was that's like, sad. yeah, we'll approve this. This looks good. They're already getting a barding and a, and a mount from other stuff. This patch, we'll just give them cheese. <laughs> and like, wasn't there like a vague implication that they were like, Hey, we're not going to do anything else with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, some cheese. They're like, and it, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything. Like the, the like Ulysses and some people from Garlemald come over and, like, the, the funniest part is that, like, during the, I was doing these quests, it was, like, pouring on my island. So, they're like, we've come to have a vacation. And everybody's wet. And it's just, like, and then they, they, they end up, like, just working on your island. And then they're, like, oh, we forgot to bring something for you. Sorry. And then, like, the thing ends and you just get six pieces of garlic cheese. <laughs> cool. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't add another tier of like rewards to the no, reward or anything. All you get is a quest and six pieces of cheese. <laughs> Thank you for doing so, all of Island Sanctuary. In in English, in England, if you say something, it's like you say it's hard cheese. It means that you're shut out of luck. Hard cheese, mate. That is literally a thing. I feel like they're telling you something. I. I I know the localization team are really good, and there's a lot of Brits on the team, so fucking hard cheese, dude. Yeah. That's wonderful. Sorry. Yeah. I love the idea of them. I actually, a friend of mine, uh, they were away. I had to look after that. I had to go onto their island every day to water all their shit and feed all their animals. She is going to be absolutely gutted. Oh, God, it's, the conversations oh. we're going to have. I yeah. swear, I love you guys. Like, you've had some really cool rewards before. Cheese? <laughs> Like, I just, I, what was going through your mind, quest person? Uh, oh, my gosh. Cheese. Mm. Mm. You know, it's because they set a precedent for usually giving us such, like, decent items that, like, when they break habit... It's so much more noticeable. Yeah. Like, if they had just given us, like, cherries and potatoes as crust rewards for Island Sanctuary <laughs> since its inception, we would have been like, oh, bet, sweet cheese, you know? But and the narrative <laughs> part of it is so great, too, because, like, you have people visiting your island from Garlebald, and then they acknowledge, oh, yeah, sorry, we for like we didn't think to bring you anything. And then the reward window's up. <laughs> Have some cheese. Julius <laughs> just reaches into his pocket and pulls out yeah. cheese. 
I just, I didn't bring you anything. Thanks for letting us vacation here. I have some oh, cheese. I have some pocket cheese. Do you yeah, want that? pocket cheese. <laughs> Chris, I love you so much, but like for sure, no human being would have even made it to the point if the rewards they had given us from the start were like, here's three cherries. Here's two. If no human being would be like, oh, bet. At least, at least something like cherries or apples would have been a funny little Animal Crossing nod or something. But no, six pieces of cheese. I mean, this is this is a big thing for me. Okay, I will I will say this. We've talked a lot about Island Sanctuary over the course of its journey, and I do want to say because I, for all that we've offered feedback about it, um. I love the idea of Island Sanctuary. Like, I'm not even joking. When they announced it, I was genuinely excited. Like, yeah. I was so excited about this content because I was like, this is something I haven't seen in many MMOs. I think this is absolutely keying in on something that is like a repetitive gameplay process that people could get really engaged with and have fun with from like a casual standpoint. If we're comparing it to things like actual farm sims that have you know like a lot of different mechanics and things you unlock and systems that you build on and improvements that you make and all kinds of things that you find and craft and gather and like new creatures that you unlock that have an impact on stuff that you're doing and like there's a lot of potential there and it it just it it went out with like a little sad fart at the yeah, <laughs> my warrior of light is lactose intolerant. They fed me a cheese, cheesy fart at the end, <laughs> and it's just like it makes me so sad because, especially because they put that extra thing at the end that's just like, well, um, that's it, I guess. Good, good job. <laughs> it's just, and I just want to like shake them because I'm like, you could just keep this and you could add new systems to it periodically you know you could add a whole slew of new recipes you could revamp a part of the farming system you could do the thing i've been begging them to do since the beginning which is like please just integrate the chocobo breeding system you already have mm -hmm. in this game it's, and do something yeah. with it where like mm -hmm. you can have your chocobos in a pasture and breed lineages of them and then maybe you would even have more use for your chocobo for those bardings that you got from Tataru's Grand Endeavor if like you could breed a special chocobo that had a special ability that would have extra use for you in the open world over other mounts or something like just just like just anything and at this point, the amount of hours it takes you to get to that top rank, like, you can absolutely just sit back and automate it all. You can only pop in to, to run an automated system and then, like, get a bit of experience and just do that for a million years yeah. and then get to rank 20. Every two but weeks like, you pop in and that's that's the content. Yeah, I mean, like, But if you want to actively engage with it, the way that you actively engage with it is that you just run around in circles and click on nodes. And there's like no other sense of discovery or anything with that. So it's just like, I really love the concept. And I do also love that they let you start decorating the island. But like, why is there not some kind of big reward at rank 20? So here's, here's, here's the problem it. I have with it, right? There's the idea that this and Criterion Dungeons is kind of what replaced Field Ops resource-wise, right? People are still doing Eureka. People are still going into Baldessian Arsenal and stuff. There's no reason to go in to Island Sanctuary anymore. Like, by the time this thing landed, like, 
if you've been more or less keeping up with it, you've gotten enough of like the, the island specific currency to have bought everything that the island sanctuary has to offer in terms of rewards. The only thing that people would go towards now is the those felic, uh, the, the felicity tokens or felicitous cat tokens, whatever the hell those things are called, where it's like you have to make a certain amount of things each week and then you can get like seven tokens to spend on stuff, which is either like a random loot box or a certificate that if you have like a bajillion of, you can get like a weird like rainbowy mandragora mount. That's it. That's that's all that is left to do. So it's like I all right. We gave that we lost we lost a, a field ops for this. No. All right. <laughs> so thanks for, for so long and thanks for the cheese, I guess. I it's so <laughs> So disappointed. It's it so ends in unceremonious cheese. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I ask a question? So, mm. to my understanding, Final Fantasy has a housing problem. Yes. Yes. Whereby they have this this inexplicable resource management problem for virtual property, which doesn't make any sense to this bitch. Yep. Um, could not the the islands have solved that problem for them? Could Could they have not allowed... Yeah, I, I couldn't, don't couldn't it? No, this is for next. I love this because sometimes, you know, the four of us that are regularly on the podcast, we get caught in our own little echo chamber. You know what I mean? We, you know, we talk and we try to bring wonderful folks like both of you in um, to help keep our perspectives fresh and our thoughts diverse. But great question. Yeah. That's that is the question. <laughs> that it? is, yeah. <laughs> that it. That's yeah. the question we've had too. Can you imagine if they had just been like, yeah, at rank twenty you unlock it so that inside of the little house, like we have a new skin for like your island or whatever, and inside of the little house that you have on your island, you can put indoor furnishings now, and you can customize how that looks, and you have your own little instanced house to go with your little instanced island. It's like that would have been enough to incentivize. A huge portion of the population to get it up to rank twenty. Yeah, <laughs> As I mean, is, they just threw some cheese on the floor and they were like, "Eat up! Hope you loved it. <laughs> Bye." It, it, it's, it, and housing is frustrating too, because like you know, when two launched, the one of the the first holiday events we had actually was like people can put trees in their yards and then you can go into the housing boards and like click on the trees to participate in the event, and that was cool as hell. And that was also the only time they ever did it. Um, so it's Oof. like the. The the idea that like this has been a problem since 2.0 and that maybe, maybe just now they're starting to potentially explore the idea of it, but then like not getting it. And then for the next slice of life content, they're like, this time we're going to multiple planets because why not? And it's like, yeah, but what about like those instance housing things? Are we, are, are we just not? No, we're still just going to be stupid about that. Okay, cool. Um, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, and you know, like after 10 years, like I finally got like a large plot, which was, it, it sucks because, you know, I've had mediums and then I've server transferred and I had to get a house all over again. And it's, it's a whole damn thing. And then I got the large and then I'm like reading up on some housing stuff and like, what's some cool ways to do it? And they're like, also, by the way, the board that you bought a plot in is also the worst board. And the, the direction your house is facing is the worst for lighting. And it's just like. Why, 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 why? 
like Kugane has like a whole bunch of like little islands and shit. We have our own private island now. Stick a house on an island. I don't care if anyone else can visit it or not. Final Fantasy XI gives everybody a room to customize. Every player. You don't have to pay anything extra for it. Meanwhile, the new and improved Final Fantasy MMO. Okay. <laughs> like, what? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and I, I wish they would do something about it. But as it is right now, they have a system that kind of works. It sucks for availability. And they're just continuing on with that instead of trying to do something new, which... At at this point, if they don't announce any plans to do instance housing within Dawn Trail's dev cycle, I don't think we're ever going to get it. Oh, I don't know. I think the it's only other so opportunity hard. would be once they actually get the cloud server system in place. Could I be. think once they get that in place, if they decide to use that to help scale for something like instance housing, then that would be like a direct result of that change, right? Um, yeah. But. It is strange because technically everybody can have an island and it seems as though the servers have been okay with that. And they can also store data for outdoor furnishings that are on the island. So it, they're it's so close. They're right like, there. Yeah, Just take like, one more step. <laughs> you're like literally this close to it. Like you, I don't know what would be so different with the indoor furnishing. I, use, I'm saying that use, as somebody use on the, the cheese fueled fart to propel yourselves one step forward <laughs> To give us instance housing. You're right there, Square. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It was unfortunate. It's uh. a bummer that I, I don't think Island Sanctuary lived up to what it could have been. I still really like the concept. I still think they have something there that they could expand on if they want. But yeah. um, I don't know if they will. I have no idea. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed. I think, I mean, I think that's that's it. That's that's the patch. Is there, I mean, that was, yeah. is there anything else? A couple uh, little... Updates here and there. Uh, new housing items. There's a handful of those. They're fine. Um, yeah. I did cry a little with Emmett Salk at the end. Oh, that kind of. That was that a nice touch. The bringing the the laundry list back. I appreciate that. I wonder because they didn't just talk about the the new world with that. They also mentioned the treasure islands to the north and uh you know so like i'm wondering okay so which of these is like the deep dungeon and which of these is gonna be field ops you know um so i mean they, they yeah. didn't just list that stuff because they're like here's some fun little things in the world they're like here's what's coming this is what we are developing um <laughs> so as chat has reminded us one of the really important things that came with 6.55 was the squape lamp uh, <laughs> The square grape lamps, um, yep, very that's important. A, that's a thing very that exists, job. yeah. <laughs> but only if you have a house or an island. I, just, I guess yeah, it, it is an outdoor. It is an outdoor item, so you can use it on your your now irrelevant island sanctuary. You can. Well, you eat your I, cheese. Yeah. I'm a cheap ass bitch. I have a house in my um, my uh, guild hall, my guild mm -hmm. house, my yeah. So just one tiny little. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, a a scrape lamp on my island and just sit under it with my cheese and eat my cheese. There you go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, I guess my question for everybody would be: Did patch six point five five make you more excited for Dawn Trail? Are you still about the same? Are you less excited? Where's your excitement for Dawn Trail? I'll start. I'll start with Fornex. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> I. I I, I am not an excitable human being. Um, I honestly, if I could muster 
the day I got married, I wasn't as happy as you seeing that that cat girl. Okay, so I uh, <laughs> sorry, darling, if you're watching this, but <laughs> <laughs> shit, husband under the bus. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really I. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really, I think they ended um, Endwalker with a, a really satisfying, really emotionally satisfying ending. Um, and I, I trust them in, in terms of the narrative. I mean, they've, they can, they've fucked up shit. I'm not, I'm not saying that the house is perfect. This is not the ideal Holmes exhibition, but I, I trust them with the story and I think they're going to lead us on a grand narrative. And and I think they really want to. They really want to give us this extraordinary story. And I feel like maybe these are the first steps in onto another extraordinary arc like we had. Um, and I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful and, and looking forward to exploring the new world. So sorry. I have to, as a musical theater nerd, I have to call out the hats reference that has just been made in the chat. In the lamplight, the withered cheese collects at my feet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought it. I couldn't resist. Um, and funnily enough, my own cat has actually come to say hello at the exact same time. Um, but thank you for that. That was hilarious. Uh, next, thank you too for your thoughts because... <laughs> Um, I agree. I mean, the thing is, is that we've all been through a variety of different times in the game's story, right? And there are different parts of the story that speak differently to everyone. But one thing that's always true is that the scope and scale of this narrative, the details that they work in, um, it's, it is unlike almost any other MMO that exists. And um, yeah, I agree. Like, with new writers and the new team and everything else, Nishikawa still overseeing stuff. Um, there's a lot of trust to put into them for all the incredible journeys that we've had so far. Um, and I think the highs are just like so high and so amazing that like even when they are at their lowest lows, it's still like usually way better than almost anything. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, yeah, no, no, no. I feel that. How about you, Grace? Are you more excited? Equally excited? Um... I'd say that I felt kind of even keel throughout the previous kind of updates, but with this quest uh, coming to pass, there's a definite sense of mounting excitement that is preceding um, Dawn Trail. I would say this is the most excited I've been. Um, and it's worth noting that, you know, with every expansion, um, the Final Fantasy XIV dev team and community are also growing, you know, they're, they're learning what works and what doesn't. And, you know, history has told us that, you know, they're really good at throwing us narrative curveballs and keeping us invested in the story. And they never tell us more than just like maybe even hinting towards 20%, maybe even less for expats when they do drop them initially. So um, I'm of the same mind. Uh, they've proven to be wonderful at what they do and the story is gonna be a treat. So I'm ready, I'm ready. Can't believe we're waiting like what, six months? Like it's At, just, at oh, least. It. It's so long. <laughs> oh. God, how about you, Fusion? Oh, I, <laughs> God. You're gonna be the little stinky six pieces of cheese at the end of <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 
look. I'm going to go after you, so don't worry. I'll bring it okay, back. Yeah, I'll make a yeah. whole sandwich Th- out of the thank cheese. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, just a nice big stinky shit cheese sandwich. Um, look, uh, Endwalker fell flat for me. 6.x was a lazy... I would say uninspired, but that's a lie because they copy pasted everything from four. Um, it just nothing clicked for me. Nothing Chris, welcome for to me. Fusion's hot takes when yeah, you are shots, live. Shots fired. Feeling them directly in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. It, it says shots fired. It's clipped a little bit. So, so the, the four next thing said hots fired, which that's, that's <laughs> fine too. Um, yeah, I just this Close expansion down. has not done it for me. The patch hasn't done it for me. The content largely has not done it for me they got lazy and they condensed a lot of stuff um so to come into this patch specifically uh storyline wise msq wise it's what i expected like i i i'm not like coming out of this high or low like yes okay we knew we'd get a new character obviously we'll get introduced and then we'll see further development in the expansion like it's you could have predicted that um for the other things everything else was kind of fine i think Right, like we said with with Hildebrand, uh, the fact that it was tied to relics and just the the negative thoughts that I have about that kind of muddled it for me. Um, at the end of the day, though, Island Sanctuary, just what, like that that sums up Endwalker and Six Point X for me. The fact that we're going through all this stuff, we're trying all this new stuff, and they're like, have some have some hard cheese, and I'm just it's the whole the whole patch just is stinky cheese farts for me. All right. All right. It's okay. I mean, look, we all are entitled to opinions. And I know that there are people that have felt very much the same about a lot of the post Endwalker stuff. So um, I'll be the one that just says, Wuklamat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do I feel? Wuklamat. What am I excited for? Wuklamat. What? No, I listen. <laughs> I'm really excited, personally. And like, she's not going to step on you, darling. She's not. They they don't have that emote. It's not happening. Not yet, Fornax. I mean, they got Shiva. So. They did it with Shiva. Thank you. There's a whole fight where I can go be Stepion if I'm the best mm-hmm. okay. and the goodest boy, and I smile <laughs> the cutest at Shiva. Sometimes she graces me with it. Um, <laughs> you boo. You do you. Pepper says pre-order bonus. <laughs> no it's Um, a mount it's a mount you're just under her foot and she just slides around on the screen the amount of money it costs for that statue with the single use emote code for that you get more value for it at least i would get stepped on so much you might save some money the last expansion cost less than the statue I've got this image in my mind of her with those like hams that she's eating, and it's just Rook's character just taking bites. <laughs> Please and thank you. Take a bite out of me, Wuklamot. I have been blessed by both Zero and Wuklamot as the resident major thirster of Final Fantasy XIV. Honestly, I, I think I did. I came through a lot of the story content, at least, feeling differently than not all folks. I mean, obviously, Fortnite, you're over here like, this is amazing. And, you know, Grizz as well, like you've had your critiques, but there have also been parts that I know that you've really enjoyed. And, um, you know, even with our regular co-hosts, right, Zen has been really on board with a lot of the quests like I have. And I really did enjoy largely the culmination of the Point X story. Um, maybe where we lost some of the momentum and where I definitely felt gaps was in like the content, some of the rewards, difficulty of content, variety of content, repeatable content, like that's really where I found myself kind of floundering. Um, we know though with Dawn Trail that we're going to be getting all the types of content, including some of the more recent experimental stuff, the exploration zone, all that stuff again. 
And I think for me, I didn't realize how much I needed 0.55 because like I was excited coming out of the fan fests, um, but there, you know, the announcements were largely expected minus the two die channels, which still really I'm very excited about. Really looking forward to that. Thank you, Square Enix. Um, but like everything else is pretty expected, but it wasn't really until 0.55 where I think the, the tone of the expansion really found a little place to live in me where I was really excited about new adventures and really excited about these new people we were going to be adventuring with. And Vuklamat has such like a contagious, exuberant energy and it reminded me a lot of how I felt like when I was first setting foot in a new world and when I first started playing Final Fantasy XIV. And we don't know what's going to happen with the story. I mean, it might be the biggest banger ever. It might be one that many of us are like, that wasn't my favorite. We, no idea. You never know going into a new expansion. But I think I just feel that optimism and excitement and hope for a new adventure, new characters. Um, there's so much already that I am just like, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to go to New Horizons and to explore the new world, literally. And um, to get to have these characters at our side in whatever way. And I'm just like, I'm very ready for it. And I think that this patch was something that even with some of those stumbles and even with some of the critiques about like the larger content rollout post Endwalker, I really am excited about where the story is going to go and to just see what unfolds for us because we really don't know what trajectory they might take us on. It is a new adventure in so many ways. And um, I know it's going to be worthwhile no matter what to share with everyone. Our journey will be worthwhile, right? Um, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of thoughts about it ourselves as we come out of it. But uh, I'm, I'm just like feeling really refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to be swept off my feet by powerful Hrothgar Queen. So. <laughs> That's me. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, before we wind down here, uh, guess like to give you the chance to plug whatever you are working on. Fornax, we'll start with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That oh. Mubot command <laughs> did not update. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm Fornax. Um, I am the Herald. I make content over on YouTube. Um, and I'm making a, I'm going to be making a lot of Final Fantasy content. I'm going to make an ESO. I'm really into the MMOs and the RPGs. Um, so if you like weird British woman talking about MMOs, then please do check out my channel. I, uh, I do talk a lot. And I, I've also actually, I do have a Patreon, um, and I'm doing a bedtime stories for gamers where I just, uh, tell stories and get people to go to sleep. I, I have been told that my uh, my content gives people narcolepsy, so please don't drive while listening. But hey, you got you got to lean into it, right? So that that's that's my bag. Always clarify this on any podcast. It's not because Fornax's content is boring. <laughs> Let's be very clear. It's because Fornax has a soothing voice that sometimes catches you off guard with how filthy she can be. Oh my! <laughs> but I do also. I've been a good girl today. You have I've been really a good been girl good. today. I'm very I proud have, of you. Yes. You've been doing so Thank good. Thank you. Uh, but I know that Fornax Altus just did a whole video summarizing. We were talking about this before the podcast, summarizing all the Dawn Trail info so far, and touching base on a little bit of the lore background. So definitely check that out on Fornax's YouTube if you haven't. Thank you, darling. Uh, real You're quick, much better at this than I am. Rook, <laughs> I know you have the socials and stuff. Could you throw those up in the chat for me? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm doing the cam, so I can't change my Discord window. <laughs> You're good. I got it. I got it. My I'm button, so my, my, my robot didn't update. 
Is there uh, a Patreon tier for you to like read stories live to <laughs> to your Patreon supporters? I could use like a just keep going until you start hearing the snoring, and then you can just quietly leave the call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It all costs one golden US dollar a month for mm-hmm. all the bits of shit that I do. Mm-hmm. It's totally not worth it, but you'd be better with Netflix, to be honest. But it hey, it's worth it. Don't you hear? And I'm trying. <laughs> Sell yourself. Go. Everybody pay one <laughs> USD. Get Fornax's bedtime stories. It's worth it. It's better value than that statue. <laughs> oh, damn. Where's my shots fired button? The <laughs> yep, there it is. Yep. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh grizz what about you what's going on with you where can people find you what am i doing where am i i'm at drgriswold.card.co as my landing page i have a twitch i have a patreon i have an instagram i have twitter everything's there the commission page along with my portfolio is there please consider come working with me i love to work with people on their final fantasy characters and other stuff like tabletop you know your imagination's the limit um also, this is a bit premature, but I am working on an art book that's yeah. a, just kind of like a compendium of all the final... Because you guys have been crazy about commissioning me over the past eight years. So I just... <laughs> this isn't even all the commissions from like 2019 uh, to 2023. This is just Final Fantasy commissions. Wow. It's so, an incredible 14 art book, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's in the works. I post updates occasionally on social media. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm just a freelance illustrator. Please um, come draw with me. Incredibly talented freelance illustrator. Thank Incredibly Ridiculously talented. talented. Unbelievably Absolutely. talented. Everybody, please. Like, no joke. I met Grizz years ago because I commissioned a, a comp of my Final Fantasy XIV character because I was so obsessed with Grizz's art the moment I saw it that I was just like, if I do not get a commission, I will probably die. So I didn't I didn't die because I did commission them. And it was worth it. It was one of the best like commission processes I had ever done. Grizz has like a genuine love of 14 and 14's world and characters and like bringing characters to life for people. So like, please go check it out, commission, message, um, because it was like amazing. And I'm so glad we've gotten to know each other more even since then, um, because like, my God, yes, incredibly talented, but also very, very passionate about 14. So be sure to keep an eye out for that art book when it happens and get a calm because like it's really good art. Also, I'm super friendly. Come message me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, you can find me on the internet at Rafflederg, R-O-F-L-D-R-G on everything except for YouTube. There was another Rafflederg. So I'm Rafflederg X, the most creative secondary name handle a person that's been playing an MMO could ever think of. There's just an X at the end. I've never, I've never done that anywhere in anything else <laughs> ever in the history of how, the world. How Elon of you, darling. <laughs> oh, now I hate it. Now I, now <laughs> no. I like, ooh. No. I take it back. I take it back. How could you, though? Like, it's out in the ether now. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, Fusion. You've been cursed this day. <laughs> And this I is did the last it. time you've seen me on this show. Thanks no. for having me, guys. It's been great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Rook, how about you? 
Hey, I'm Rucker Rookery. You can find me over on my Twitch at Rookery. That's R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me on YouTube at the same. And I promise YouTube videos will be going up soon. Uh, we had a little bit of break over the holidays and the tail end of the year while I was doing some other stuff. And our editor had some real life things. But there will be more content going up there. And if you're curious about live plays, reactions, or just a lot of crying throughout the entirety of Endwalker, uh, you can go find that all over there. You can also find me on Twitter at Rookery underscore. And if I'm not on my own Twitch channel doing something live, if there aren't videos going up on YouTube, or if I'm not on this podcast or the Lightbringers podcast that I do with the Crichton Herald, aka Fornax, um, then I'm probably shoutcasting, hosting, or doing a variety of events in the scene. I am so excited for Dawn Trail as well because of all of the new world races that we'll have and future things, hopefully with PvP and everything else. So keep an eye out and I'll always try to let everybody know what I'm doing and where you can find me. All right. And then, of course, if you want to reach us just as, like, general, like, the show or, like, the website, uh, you can email us, aetheriteradio at gamerscape.com. You can find us on X and Blue Sky at Aetherite Radio. And, of course, you can find us as Gamer Escape on X, Blue Sky, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, obviously, uh, and Discord.gd slash Gamer Escape uh, if you want to join in on any of the conversations uh, that we have over there. Um, and that's it for that. Uh all right, I got to get real for a second, everybody. Oh God. Everybody, everybody knows here. So this is, uh, oh. if you have listened to the podcast in the last, when did Endwalker come out? <laughs> the last couple of years, uh, I didn't like Endwalker. Uh, I didn't like 6.x even, even more. Um, Square Enix as a whole, uh, you know, whether it be, uh, fan fest and the way things were handled and then Yoshida calls it a success um, while apologizing for overpriced noodles at a Japanese event while ignoring the issues that ADA attendees had in Las Vegas um, or the overpriced statue that has less digital offerings um, or you know the, the slew of JP bonuses on items that we just get imported but without the bonuses uh, I am fed up right now with this game and with the company um, so I have made the very difficult decision. Uh, the first time I've, I've done this in 18 years of covering these games, uh, I am going to step back for a little bit. Um, you will probably know, uh, if you watch the show, how riled up I get about all this stuff and it sucks. It's exhausting. Um, and I just, I'm at a point where I need to, to take a break and step back for a little bit. Um, it's not doing anybody any favors for me to come on week after week and just say, what the fuck was Square Enix thinking? What the hell are they doing? This is awful. Um, and I acknowledge that, right? Um, I'm not going to lie about my, you know, my, my, my enthusiasm about the game. Um, I am excited about some of the stuff that's coming with Dawn Trail. Um, but also, you know, over the last couple of years, I've seen Square Enix repeat mistakes that this dev team fixed coming into A Realm Reborn. You know, we had like the addition of uh, Mil Mikote and female Rogadin in 2.0. And then they came out and they're like, oh, Vieira and Rothgar. And it's like, you you already, you, you fixed that. Why are you recreating this problem? Um, and so just to see them over these last 18 years improve and then stumble and somehow get worse again. Um, I, I For me, this is probably one of the worst feelings that I've had about being a fan of these titles. Uh, so I'm going to take a break, uh, from the podcast, from the website. Um, everybody else will be here. Uh, Brooke, Zen, Aldi, know we'll be, we'll be hanging out. Um, but yeah, I, I do plan on coming back. Um, you know, 
obviously, as we get closer to, to Dawn Trail, there's going to be more things to talk about. Um, we'll have the media tour as well, hopefully. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get invited to that after this little speech. Um, but right now, I just, the game for me isn't in a good place. And so uh, I'm going to take a step back and uh, yeah, one month, two months. I'm not, you know, I don't know how long it's going to go, um, but I just, this is, this isn't working out for me right now. So uh, there you go. That's that. <laughs> okay. I mean, like Yoshida-san oftentimes says, take breaks, you know, and burnout is real. And when you've been covering a game for 18 something years, <laughs> like, That's Please. Yeah, on, on that no. note, I do <laughs> want to stress this isn't like, oh, the expansion's coming out. We're between patches. It's just burnout. This is 18 years of seeing them continually, like, not improving in certain areas. Um, and, and seeing them, like, like the merch line at FanFest, if you went to 2018, they finally nailed the merch line. Last year was a fucking disaster. How did they go so far backwards? And it sucks to see, as somebody that started doing this as a fan, and I would like to still be a fan, but it's really hard to right now when they're treating us by giving us overpriced statues um, or cheese. You know, like it's just it's, uh, you know what I mean. So, yeah. So that's that. Um, it's the right call, you know. Oftentimes, yeah. when you reach a point with a, a relationship to a game um, or other a thing that you enjoy a great deal. Um, sometimes distance is what's going to save that love. Yeah. And you need the time. Yeah. So, so that's yep. what we're doing. I mean, we, we tell this to people all the time. If you're not, if you're not happy, if you need to take a break, take a break. So I'm going to take a break. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll have probably like a longer spiel on my YouTube or something after I recorded it. I did one already, but I'm not happy with it. So, uh, or, or a longer tweet. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it, but I'll, I'll have a, a, a thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it sucks. It's not terribly comfortable. It's weird to talk about, uh, frankly. Um, but yeah, I think I, I need this. So that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm going to do. So it's the ethical choice. It's the, it's the mm -hmm. ethical choice are, are often very difficult. And I have so much respect for you. Thank so you. much respect for you for stepping back when you should, when you feel you should. Thank yeah. You. No one can ask we support you, you in this. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And we'll, yeah. I mean, the rest of us will be here carrying on. Yep. Carrying forward the enthusiasm, excited as always. Now, um, now Aldino can be the grump. We talked about, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, that's I'm the passing, thing. Though. Passing the grump torch is that a thing? <laughs> it's always we'll, important. We'll be hiding, like walking forwards, getting all this shit all over us, and there's just our oh blue eyes as we stare into the distance, hoping for a better future. Oh my there god! Go. <laughs> you know, in the immortal words of Minfilia, Final Fantasy, uh, we will await your coming. <laughs> I was I was yeah, worried you were going to say pray return. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Too soon. Um, but yeah, that's it for this oh. week everybody. I think next week uh, we're still schedule-wise I don't think we're we're anything's happening next week. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what's going on. Uh, I don't know how to yeah. end this now. This is weird. Uh, thanks for tuning <laughs> hey, in. It's been uh, fun. <laughs> podcast will be back. In a, in a couple weeks I'll see you when I see you follow me on all the socials and stuff if you want uh, thanks to our guests for joining us and, and sticking around for whatever this awkward little bit has been at the end uh, and we'll see you next time take care guys enjoy Bye -bye. the rest of your winter <laughs>